What's going on, sports fans? It's your boy, Josh Williams, back again with another episode of the American Fan 365 Podcast. I am, of course, joined by the incomparable Miss Rosine. Hello. Ro, how Hello. are you feeling? I'm doing good, and I'm so happy you didn't call me your Elaine again, because I'm not I, Elaine Bennis. I, listen. And I don't like Seinfeld. Listen. <laughs> you are my Elaine Bennis, and you will agree to that nickname. Can we think but... of, like, a cooler, like, pairing? Uh, uh... That, that that pairing has made billions of dollars. Billions with a B. I'm not Elaine Bennis. What, who do you want to be? I'd rather be Miss Costanza. <laughs> You're not Estelle. <laughs> I'd rather be Estelle. <laughs> She's cooler than Elaine. Oh, my goodness. But I have to also say that we are also joined by Fox. Mr. Fox. Okay, so let's let's start it. So... Fox is your government name. We're, we're going to throw governments out it's here. It's Mr. Fox Taylor. That's the stage name. Fox Taylor. We're going to stick <laughs> stick with Fox Taylor. All right, Fox. Fox Taylor, the king of odds. King of odds. You are an odds maker and, and a professional gambler? Professional gambler, professional sports gambler, and consultant to uh, hundreds, if not thousands, of clients who partake in sports betting. Nice. Now, now how long how long have you been doing that? Um professionally a few years and what i mean by professionally is is people clients obviously uh, that decide to pay you okay. because they want to be successful and win right um i myself have been sports gambling since i could walk into the casino you know legally yeah um and so i decided to take you know what i was good at and what i had done and, and gained experience at for many years and turn that into a business and monetize that um and ultimately it, it's not about the money it's really about helping people right it's about right it's about maybe can't win right yeah, yeah. and so or um, struggle to do so or struggle to do so yeah absolutely so uh, you know being able to help others because there's a lot of folks out there they don't understand the lines don't know how to read the lines um, and there's just there's just a wealth of knowledge, right, that could be lacking. And so that's where someone like myself comes into play. And I, like I said, the thing I take from it the most is I enjoy being able to help others, right? Being able to put somebody else in the winner's circle, um, them being able to get, you know, to be able to be successful and, and be able to actually make money off it instead of losing or losing repeatedly. It's a great feeling. So that's dope. That's dope. Now, now, uh, first off, where are you from? Where are you from? I am from Tampa, Florida, Okay. also known as Champa Bay. Or, or, or Tampa <laughs> Bay for go. Tampa Bay for a moment. For a moment, it was. There it is. There now it is. it's now it's now it's Kyle Trask at the helm. <laughs> so, but luckily, I'm a big Florida Gators fan. It's and Trask so, Bay. <laughs> yeah, you know, Trask was an absolute baller at the University of Florida. Yes, to be was. honest mm -hmm. with you, I actually loved the move. I love him. Uh, I love that Tampa Bay said. We're going to go ahead and roll with Trask because I think that was huge. I think it was good for his psyche, for his confidence. They've already announced it. That have that, they? Yeah, that's public knowledge. Oh, that I didn't realize that they had was, done that. Yeah, there was an article that came out where they said that they've already pretty much announced that Trask is going to be the quarterback moving forward. Now, could something change? Could there be more information? Could a free agent or maybe something unexpected happen? There's always that possibility. But that that happened about two or three weeks ago. Hmm. I think that was smart. The guy, like I said, was a baller at the University of Florida. Um, he was very good. You got to remember, he was the one that was throwing the ball to Kyle Pitts, who's That's now right. Atlanta Falcons tight end, yeah. uh, and everybody has a lot of admiration for. And so, Trask was good. He was very good, actually. Um, I think he probably could have been a Heisman had they not lost a couple of games unexpectedly at the end of his season at Florida, his uh, his senior season. Um, I think that he's a developmental quarterback, meaning that in a year or two or three from now, he could be one of those guys that we're talking about. Hey. This guy is a, is a, is a top-level guy. Yeah. Um, again, that's a big if, 
right? But he's got to get that experience underneath his belt like so many do. I know we're going to talk about some other quarterbacks today, i.e. Yeah. like Daniel Jones, et cetera. But I think that Trash could be one of those guys that in a year or two from now, we're like, wow, he just needed a little experience. He needed a little, you know, some game time underneath his belt and, um, and look at him go. So we'll see. Uh, another full, well, another Florida quarterback is also in the draft this year. If if uh, if um, Richardson drops yeah. past the top ten, do you think it makes sense for Tampa Bay to go and uh, and move up? Ab- I mean, it's a tough one because of everything I just said, right? <laughs> sure. But I, but I will tell you this: Anthony Richardson has such a high ceiling. He is so athletic. He's got the perfect NFL quarterback frame. He is, again, he's so athletic. He's very talented. You know who he really reminds me of in in terms of a comparison? Um, And I'll I'll speak to it a little bit more specifically is Josh Allen. When Josh Allen was coming out, when Josh Allen was coming out of Wyoming, you really only knew about Josh Allen if you were watching Mountain West games, West Coast late night games, because you got to remember back on the East Coast, we're not staying up at midnight when Wyoming decides to play BYU, right, <laughs> right. At, at 9 p.m. or yeah. maybe 8.30 right. p.m., right? And so in all seriousness, he was really an unknown commodity until the draft. Sure. Nobody was really talking about him in terms of the big talking heads on TV. Um, they were not talking about him during the season. They were talking about him when the season started to wrap up and they were moving into the NFL Combine. And then there was a buzz about Josh Allen and he went higher than a lot of the average people thought that, that they were. And then people at home, right? The the regular, let's say, common NFL fans, like, who? Yeah, who is jo- this who's guy? I've never and, Wyoming? And, and who scouted him? Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> well, Joe Shane did. We, we were all wrong about that. Uh, I have beef with the University of Florida. Two oh. words for you, Kadarius Tony. <laughs> we're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna definitely. I'm sure we're gonna talk about that. Um, back to the Josh Allen thing and Anthony Richardson comparison, right? Yeah. N- during the season, there was probably a mention or two about how good Richardson could be, right? Yeah. And he he had a good season. I don't know if he had a great season, right? With like with a capital G, but he was very good. He showed all these different. Um, things that he can do. I think that he had a, a lot of flashy highlights here and there. Yeah. And now, again, it, it really reminds me of some guys, again, Josh Allen and probably some others I'm sure that we could name, where only when it comes draft time are you like, who? Yeah. Okay, wait a minute. This guy could be that good. So uh, to be honest with you, if it was me and I was a team out there, I would be going Richardson. He would be my number one quarterback I'd be getting. The, wow. the Giants met with him. You, I think you said that last yeah. week. You did well, say that last week. Yeah. yeah the, well, I, I think we said it um, over a call or when we saw each other for the. Uh, we see each other too much. Yeah. It, yeah. it, it blends no, all because blends. It wasn't because it hadn't met last week. But I, th- <laughs> by the time it was time for the marathon, when we were back there, yeah. I brought it up. But yeah, the Giants met with them. I mean, it, it's going to be really interesting to see this QB class because you have a handful of ballers and how it's going to pan out. But I think as an overall athlete, it is Richardson that has by far been the standout in the combine. And also, I forgot his name, but that one quarterback from Kentucky. Levis. 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 Yeah. Will Levis. I think I – think, I don't know. I, I felt like the one person who agreed with me was Lewis Riddick. I'm like, I wasn't that impressed. Well, I look, I never really was a Levis guy. Like when they were championing him, I was like, okay. But they cuz they were they kept saying that he was coming to the, to I'm sorry. It's because he looks like Ivan Drago because he's <laughs> he looks like the great white hope. No, and he's very muscular, he's very athletic. I mean, he is if you think about a franchise and you think what a poster boy for a franchise would look like, I'm sure he would check all the boxes for a lot of teams. Uh but when it came time to 
you know, being against your peers, he 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 didn't he didn't wow anybody. Yeah. 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 No, I, I I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised. Um, now, Fox, I was gonna ask you too. What would you consider your biggest triumph as a uh, sports better? When you say biggest triumph, specifically, like, what do you mean? Maybe like you know, maybe like your biggest parlay hit, or um, you know, or or maybe so his biggest maybe, wins. Yeah, may, yeah, biggest win, or maybe even um, you know, uh, situation where it was the long shot, like you know, you picked a champion that no one thought was sure. gonna win, and they won. Yeah, well, I'll give you. I'll, I'm gonna give you a couple. Okay. Um, the first one that comes to mind is a couple years ago, the first McGregor Poirier fight. Am I saying it right? Is it Poyer or uh, Poyer? Poyer. Right. Okay. Poirier. Um, right. Yeah. So 50,000 on him to win where now the first fight he was a dog. Right. And so that was a little unexpected. So I say 50,000. Some people are going to hear that and they're going to go, wow, that's a lot of money. Other people might hear that and go, I'm surprised that I would have thought maybe it would be more, but I'm very big on setting limits. And what I mean by limits is what are you comfortable with losing? Mm. Can you go to bed tonight and can you lose 50,000, go to bed and go, ah, no problem. We'll get that back. You know, we'll get that back. Yeah. Right. Or it's not going to damage the bankroll to an extent that you're going to literally lose sleep over. Yeah. And so, um, I, again, I say 50,000. That could be big to some, that could be small to others. But I always think about the average cat sitting at home who's who's betting off the couch, right, eating their Lay's potato chips, and they're probably $100, $500 better. Right. And so, I look at right. <laughs> I look at I look at I look at things like that, and so you know that was uh, that was a really good win. That's on my Instagram. If if you go to my Instagram, you can you can check that out. The, the copy of the tickets there. Um, I've also had some other really big hits. Um, I've nailed the Masters winner three years in a row. Shut up. So three wow. three three Masters uh, three Masters ago, we had Dustin Johnson who won the Masters. Um, this was the Masters that was played in November. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, when yes. when COVID, COVID, mm -hmm. COVID correct. Masters, yeah. So I loved um, DJ going into the tournament. I can't remember; it eludes me right now. I want to say I had him at somewhere between thirteen and maybe fifteen to one. Could have even been a little bit higher than that. Again, this is this is three Masters ago. Mm -hmm. um, so I had several thousand dollars on him to win. Um, that ended up happening. That was huge, and. Um, you know, from an analytical standpoint, one of the things that I knew going into the tournament was it the weather was colder because it was November That's at the right. Masters. That's right. When it's cold like that, and there, would also, there had also been some rain, and it was being played again in November, and so that really toughened up the greens, yeah. right? Cold um, and soft, yeah. It, right. So, yeah, excuse me. So it's cold, it's soft, you're not getting the same roll from the golf ball, whereas if it's springtime and it's hot and the greens are way more hard and concrete. that ball just rolls everywhere. Right, That's it's right. like hitting concrete. That's right. So the thing I knew going into the tournament was as I looked at a couple of different um, golfers to win that tournament, the thing I looked at it is weather being a factor and then who drives the ball really well. So DJ is a big bopper. Yeah. Deshambo is a big bopper, meaning that these guys can take it from the tee box very close to the green, meaning these guys are going to, you know, when it comes to a par four or par five, they're going to have that advantage That's of right. that extra stroke or two where they're going to put themselves in positions for a lot of birdies and a lot of eagles. So had DJ following year, right, following year had Matsuyama. Now, these weren't the only golfers that I had. I had other picks in that tournament, right, but usually only about three to five, right, because you're doing that because you're hoping that you're going to hit, you're going to hit one. Of them, yeah.
also going to bet who's going to place top three, top five, top 10. So you're sprinkling those in as well. And so had, Matsu, had Matsuyama and then last year, okay, this is something that I'm really proud of. I think it's really cool. I think that a lot of people who see this um, will, will be that much more interested since we are talking about golf and the Masters is Scheffler not only to win, Scotty Scheffler, right? Because he had just came off of two or, uh, one or two wins I think he won the Arnor Palmer, and then he also won a tournament that was played in his home state of Texas right before the Masters. So he was hot. He had momentum, okay? So I looked at that going into the Masters, and so I went huge on Scheffler to win. You could catch Scheffler last year. I want to say it was 18 to 1, something like that. Okay, so several thousand on not only Scheffler to win, but I saw a prop bet on the board that I absolutely just loved. And I know how America and our sports gamblers today, they love prop bets, right? This is like taking the world by storm. (laughs) And so I had Scheffler to win and then two prop bets. The first one, and this was just like, when I saw it, I just knew it. An American to win the Masters. Okay. Okay, so now if I bet an American to win the Masters, I caught it at minus 150. Okay, so it's $1.50 to win a dollar, right? So I look at the board and I analyze it and I go, okay, Scheffler is, te- you know, Scheffler is American. Mm-hmm. Um, there was uh, Tiger Woods was American. Now he was coming off another injury, but, and, you know, Tiger Woods had already has won the Masters how many times now? Three or four times. Mm, so he's, six. he was, right. So he's a, I don't know if it's six, I think it's four. Five. I think it's four. I think when he won the last one, it was either his fourth or fifth. So I he's think, a live I think dog. It's five. Okay. So Tiger Woods is always a good bet, yeah. right? Very so good. well, not now. Maybe no, still no. Well, I, I I would say this. So Correct. going back going back to this specific prop bet, an American to win. You've got guys like Spieth, Thomas, yeah. Woods, Scheffler, and the uh, Morikawa. Morikawa is technically because he's born in America and he plays. Uh, he's born in America and he plays as an American, right? Yeah. So again, that's just another. What I'm saying is is. Start counting Bubba Watson, former winner, um, Phil Mickelson, former winner, right. all at the Masters. So I start, I'm looking at the board and I go, wait a minute, I can get American to win at minus 150 as a prop bet and I'm getting all these cats? Yeah. I was like, I'll take that. Yeah. So That's I'm not only bet. hedging my Scheffler bet, right? Yeah. So I've got like five grand on Scheffler to win at eight, plus 1800, but I've also got a huge bet, right? I've got 10,000 on an American to win. Oh, so man. it's almost hedging to where even if Scheffler doesn't win, you see where I'm going with this. So this is the mathematics and the strategy that I bring to the table with a lot of my clients. And, and they really like that because they see that there's a lot of thought that goes into it, right? It's not just, we're going to bet this one thing, but we're going to bet a few different things and they all connect, right? They're all connected. And then the other thing now, this was really more so for fun, um, for the people that are going to watch this later, you know, exercise caution. But um, I had 50,000 on would there be a hole in one at the Masters. Oh, wow. Last year, there was one. Oh, my God. And it was on day two. Okay. Yeah. And, I'll, and and let me just say this. this I'm going to throw out some really rough math. Um, forgive me if I'm off by just a tad. This is what I did prior to going in the tournament. I see a prop that I like, i.e. I see this one, that there'd be a hole in one, Correct. So I see that I can bet there would be a hole in one. The juice on this was like minus 160. So again, a dollar, a dollar sixty to win a dollar. I'm fine with it. That's fine. I lay the big bet. And when I did the math prior to this, I look at it and I go, okay, there's, again, this is rough math. There's 200 guys that are going to play in the Masters, right? In the, at least in the first two days before they do the cuts. That's right. How many par threes are on the golf course at the Masters? I think like five. Five or six, something yeah. like that, right? So do the math. 200 guys golfing. 
Each one of them is going to play a par three at a minimum. You say there's, let's say, yeah. let's say there's five. So ten. You have ten so, shots at it times two hundred dots. Right. Guys. Times two days. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So so how many? And, and it gets better. <laughs> then going into Saturday and Sunday after the cuts, you still got all the top guys that are in the mix. They're going to have those par threes on Saturday and on Sunday. Now the chances of a, the chances of a hole in one happening on Sunday when things are really tight and yeah. got you know. I'm going to say that those chances maybe are reduced by just a little bit. Outside of 17, because 17 gives you, you know what I mean, where Tiger yes. made that big dramatic shot. Everyone knows where the ball is going to feed to. So if you can hit your spot on 17 Correct. In, 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 at Augusta, 17 gives you a chance. But I'm not praying for 17. I'm yeah. going to say that. <laughs> so, um, so again, a couple of interesting prop bets. Hole in one happened second day. It was by a gentleman I can't even remember. He was one of, listen, he you was one of these. I get, his, I get a much. jersey. Yeah, I, get, I get a tattooed at this he point. Was, like, he just won me. He was one of the older, he was one of the older gentlemen. Matter of fact, oh, okay. if, if I, if I think about it long enough, I'll remember. But either way, he was an older gentleman. I, I think he may have been, uh, he definitely was a gentleman who had won a few uh, golf tournaments before in his prime. You know, he's one of those guys that like he gets the special invite because yeah, he's been the, around forever. He probably, he probably he probably had won the Masters yeah. at least. Matter of fact, his son was his caddy. If that rings a bell for anybody, but regardless, oh, oh, yeah, um, not Bernard Longer. No, no. Um, oh, that's gonna bother me. But okay, yeah, maybe, maybe Watson. Yeah, no, it wasn't Watson because but one of one of one of the, one of the guys of no 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 Tom Watson. Oh, Tom Watson. Yeah, yeah no, it wasn't him. <laughs> yeah, sorry. I was like, like Tom ain't yeah. <laughs> Um, but, but nevertheless, you sure. asked me about a couple of big wins and I throw some of these other sports out there because I think that people will find that to be interesting because, you know, when you, when you go online or you go on Instagram and you look at some of these different Reagan hand- sink, bingo sink. Yep. Sink. Oh, so Stuart, Stuart sinks. So yeah. Stuart sink. That's the sun. Stuart. So, okay. Right. The sun. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I think when you, when you look at, everybody knows we're going to bet football. We're gonna bet basketball. Those are those are all gimmies, right? Sure. But to to hopefully to be able to to be able to come on and share some stories about some of the other different sports, i.e., golf, um, UFC, and then one more. And before I bore you guys to death, is um, I I had a huge win in NASCAR. It was a few okay. years back. I've actually hit. I've actually hit many NASCAR races. I'm one of the top handicappers in the sport, wow. right? You're looking at me like that, and 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 that's dope. No, that's dope. Did, did you hear our segment on NASCAR when you were? I, oh, I, no, no, that was not. the very that was yeah. the very beginning. Yeah, I did oh, not. Okay. He, yeah, he wasn't here. But for that um, this is uh, again, this is rough. I think I'm gonna nail this. It was. Um, I'm trying to think of the year real quick. 2000, I'm thinking it was either 2014 or 2015. We can look it up. Um, I had Casey Kane to win the Indianapolis 400. Okay. Okay. He was 30 to one that year. 30 to one. Simple bet. Thousand bucks on him to win. I only bet him. I bet a lot of drivers that day, right? But I only bet Casey Kane because it's just, just from a fan standpoint, he was my favorite driver at the time. So I go, okay, I'm going to have these matchup bets. I'm going to have a couple of futures bets. And let me just go ahead and put a G on my guy, KK, right? Casey Kane. And uh, because he was a fairly decorated driver, he's won a lot. He was good on the short tracks, not necessarily great on the huge, on the the bigger tracks, I should say, like the super speedways, but excellent on, you know, mile and a half, two mile tracks. So I see that they're racing at the Indy 400. He had never won that. It was the Brickyard 400, excuse me, at Indianapolis, Brickyard 400 at Indianapolis. Um, and so long story short, I'm watching the race and there's a few laps to go. He takes the lead. Long story short, he ends up winning. It's a $30,000 win. 
And, um, and it was just something of pure magic. So hitting these future bets, i.e. NASCAR, Masters, and golf, you know, different golf tournaments to include the Masters, et cetera, uh, the boxing, UFC, stuff like that. And, uh, and last but not least, of course, I had the Chiefs on the Super Bowl. And again, all this is documented. It's all on my Instagram. You can check it we out. We had the Chiefs, too. We had the Chiefs winning it, uh, uh, like, yeah, yeah. pretty early on, no? Yeah. No, yeah. that's true. Chiefs or Bills, that was who I saw this year. So, so. so not only Chiefs to win, but, and this is something I – I talked about uh, before with with John, but uh, better quarterback, better coach. I know a lot of people had some concerns about Mahomes' ankle. I did not. If you go back and you look and you count the days from when Mahomes first injured the ankle to when they were going to play in the Super Bowl, it was between about 21 and 27 days. And so I looked at that situation and go, I think he's going to be fine. Mm -hmm. And it turned out he was fine. We had that little scare before halftime where he was yeah. limping off the field. I don't know if that was for dramatic effect. Maybe he had that planned out. <laughs> but um, as you could see, he came out. They lit it up second half. We, yep. all know, we all know what happened. I'm not saying it wasn't a competitive game. It was absolutely a competitive game. It was. But I will take Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes, who have total combined been to six or seven Super Bowls. Now, I'm, I, when I say six or seven, I'm going back to Andy Reid being on some of the other former teams he was on as an assistant oh, coach sure, or a coordinator. Sure. Yep. Sure. So Eagles Packers, right, Packers. Eagles, Packers, I think he was with the Niners at yeah, one point yes, in time. Yes, he was. Because yes, he, he, comes from, uh, he comes Bill from Walsh. the Bill Walsh tree. That's right. And so Eagles, Nick Sirianni, never been to the Super Bowl you know, kind of like uh, he was in his sophomore year as a head coach. Jalen Hurts, which, by the way, I love Hurts. I love the way he carries himself. I love his confidence, his swagger, his integrity, all these intangibles, uh, his leadership. This guy is an incredible guy. He's an incredible quarterback. He's an incredible athlete. But what I knew was that when it came to throwing the football, Mahomes is superior. Yeah. And 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 I knew that Jalen Hurts would he would do a great job of running it, which he did. Yeah. He would do a great job of improvising and making plays, which he did, and which kept it did. close. Yeah. But at the end of the day, it was Mahomes and that and that talented arm that he has, and the coaching, and the coaching. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And yeah. that's what so, and that's what took us home, baby. <laughs> a, a lot of uh, a lot of professional batters don't have teams. They don't root for teams. Yeah. They, they actually choose to stay out of it. A lot of fantasy people, too. They don't have it. They're like, whoever's on, on my fantasy team, that's that's what I root for. Do you have a football team? Absolutely. Diehard San Francisco 49ers fan. Oh, wow. Okay, okay, okay. Since I could turn on the television, right, um, I just fell in love with the Niners. And I always get this all the time. People are like, you are extremely a misplaced fan. You're from Florida, but you love the Niners. What is going on? And as you guys know, um, when, when I was growing up... Tampa was trash. Tampa was trash. <laughs> yeah. They were so bad. Forever. They, 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 they were, they were bad. Creamsicle uniform. I, they I were think, bad. Like, really? I mean, I, if you were to ask, just to put me on the spot and just say, name any Tampa Bay Buccaneers player, the only person I'd think of, like, immediately is Cadillac Williams. Doug Williams. I was going to say Doug Williams. Doug yeah. Williams was their first draft pick. He yeah. was. He was, yeah. yeah. And and there's a lot of interesting stories about Tampa Bay and back in the day, and, and I'm I'm sure... I'm, I'm sure you guys are familiar with that. Steve Young went there. He was out, right. he was there for a year or two. But, right. it, but really interesting nugget of information. And I didn't even know this until I listened to the book. Notice I said listen, not read. Okay. Um, I listened to uh, Life Behind the Spiral by Steve Young. I, I listened to it on audio um, because I'm a Niners fan, a Steve Young fan. And, um, and, I, and I listened to the book. And in the book, Steve Young talks about there was a meeting between the old Bucks owner Steve Young, they're out at Steakhouse in Tampa Bay, and they're trying to recruit Bo Jackson. Bo Jackson, yeah, yeah because they had the f they had the rights to Bo Jackson, 
right? They had, they had the rights to Bo Jackson, uh, something like that. I want to make sure I got the facts straight. So it was something like that where they, they had this, this opportunity to bring Bo in, right? And so it's Steve Young, the owner of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and Bo Jackson, and the Bucks were not good. And ultimately, the story ends with Bo Jackson. As the owner got up, went to the bathroom, Bo Jackson looks at Steve Young. He's like, I'm not coming to Tampa Bay. And Steve's like, ah, man. He's like, we would really love to have they, like We could really be good if, with, with you and I on the team and everything. And ultimately, Bo decided that he was not, you know, uh, I think he went back, played. I think it was because he was going to go well, back. Well, no, remember, um, Bo lost his eligibility off of that dinner. So oh, he, that's right. So he didn't actually end up. The reason he did not come to the Buccaneers was because he said, basically, uh, Tampa Bay, the owner said that, hey, we cleared it with, you know, the NCAA, you're okay to take this dinner, whatever. Mm-hmm. And um, and so then for baseball season, he was having a good season, and then he ended up becoming uh, ineligible because of that dinner. And so he told the he told the Bucks before the draft, if you draft me, I will not come. Right. He just said that. Spite yes. Yeah. He did say he, he was like, come. I'm not coming. And so that's the reason why he didn't go to Tampa Bay. Yeah, and but can you imagine what could have been? Oh my I mean, god! You know? Oh my god! And that yeah. and that was back that was back in a day where the running back was the superior position. Yes, you know, quarterback was mostly a game manager. You know, not that you didn't still need a talented quarterback. Don't get me wrong, but back then they'd pass for three thousand yards, and that was a big deal. And you yeah. weren't expected to be mobile, right? You you were really you were relying on your coaches to tell you what they think the quarterback uh the defense read was, was gonna be yep. you're just making sure you're not getting hit um because you have to stay in the pocket it was it's a different game so because we're getting to know you sports wise sure. i have a few questions this is think of it sb dating but just for <laughs> sports <laughs> okay so one of my favorite questions to ask because i'm always curious uh where your head is and this is not the like who is the best but who are your top five favorite wide receivers in the last 15 years in the last 15 that kind of makes it tricky yes and that's why i ask and again it's not the it's not like it's not who's the best rank you know it's who are your favorite? Your favorite, not your necessarily favorite. statistically. Sure. All that stuff. Oh yeah, no, I'll give you mine. I'll give you. I'll definitely give you my my favorite. I guess first question is: We're in 2023, so if we subtract 15 years, is Jerry Rice still in the league at that time? No. Is he finishing up with no, the Seattle no, Seahawks? No, no, <laughs> he's gone. No. Okay, so um, I will absolutely go Randy Moss because he was definitely still and because 2007 was when he was with the New England Patriots. He's still in, yes. And he was a baller. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, so we'll definitely go Randy Moss in no particular order. Terrell Owens is still in the league at that point. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, whether whether or not how whether he's in his prime at that, the end with the Bengals that or, might have or been Bills. Bengals, but he still he yeah. still was killing with Chad. Yeah. On the Bengals. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Absolutely. So we'll go we'll go with those two at the top. Um, of course, we're gonna go Calvin Johnson, Megatron. I mean, that's that's like my a, guy. Megatron's yeah. my guy. That's a no. That's a no brainer. And then I, I'd like to be able to come up with maybe one or two here at the end that are slightly unexpected. Okay. And so we'll go with somebody who we'll go with someone very very recent. And I think I would just I would just be remiss if I didn't say Cooper Cup because okay. the guy is obviously undersized. But he has achieved so much. You know, last year he could have easily not when I say last year, two football seasons ago, he really could have been at least the offensive MVP of the league. Yeah. Right? With all the different decorations yeah, he had. He could have. 
because he led the he led the league in the triple threat, the triple three, right? Most catches, most receiving catches, and most um, most yards. And he had most, most yards. Right. I don't think I think he didn't have touchdowns. I don't think he had touchdowns. I, yeah, it was it, he led the league in, in in three of the of the big uh, the big three in terms of uh, everything that had to do with wide receiver in terms of catches. Um, the yards for com- uh, completions, et cetera. So I definitely would would have to go Cooper Cup, and gosh, I'm probably going to miss somebody here because wide receivers there's there's a lot of them. Not Julio Jones. <laughs> no, I would not be going. I would not be going Julio Jones. Um, hopefully that doesn't hurt anybody's feelings here. But um, Julio was good, right? He was he was really good. He had some prime years in Atlanta, but there was also so many times where he was hurt. Right, yeah. even even in those prime in days, prime, yeah, yeah, there, there yeah. was many times where he was hurt, and it's because I think it's because he's a bigger guy, right? So when you're bigger, when you're taller, and you're and you're a little heavier, what I mean by heavier is naturally at six four, six five, you're you're two twenty, you're two twenty five, even as a wide receiver. So I think you know, and he jerk he, he jerks around his body because he was so great at route running, and you know, just gyrating your body in all those different um, in all those different ways at that height and that weight, probably you know it. it it takes its toll. Shakes things loose. Yeah, it does. It does. <laughs> what about Larry? La- oh, Larry Fitz? See, again, it, it, this is crazy because I think about Larry Fitzgerald, right, in his prime. Well, his prime makes me think about, like, when they went to the Super Bowl against the Steelers, and that was that was 2000 and that was 2008. Eight. That was the 2008 season. It's played in 09, yeah, like, yeah. yeah. right? And that was the year that Santonio wasn't it? Santonio, Santonio Holmes Santonio had the tippy toe catch. Yeah, he had the tippy toe catch. This one is of the listen, greatest. This is one of the greatest yes. catches for me all time. I agree. I, I don't see. I, I I think it's so funny. I'm watching NFL Network the other day, right? And they're talking about the greatest Super Bowl catches of all time. And we always talk about the helmet catch, right, with yep. David Tyree. Yeah. We even talk about the Mario Manningham catch down the yep. sideline. Yep. Absolutely. In the second. You're really you're, you know scr- you're scratching a lot of her itches right now. Do you know what's wild? I don't even think that they talked about the Santonio San Holmes catch. That, that catch because without that catch, Arizona wins. Yes, right. I think the coach at the time of the Cardinals was um, was it was it Bruce it. Arians or was it no 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 no, 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 no. was it Ken Wisenhunt or was he yes, the offensive coordinator? It was. No, it was Ken. Okay. Listen, oh, can you imagine if was. the Cardinals win that Super Bowl, not to get too far off track here, yeah. if the Cardinals win that Super Bowl, that is a game changer for so many players on that team. Because you know how it is. When you get a Super Bowl, you're in a certain echelon of yeah. of players forever. Same thing with the coach. If you're a Super Bowl winning coach, you'll always be introduced as Super Bowl winning coach. That's right. X, Y, Z, whatever the case, right? And so, but... But back to the original question about uh, about about the wide receivers is, um, we left off at Cooper Cup. Uh, as I'm as I'm searching through my brain and I'm thinking about wide receivers, I mean Fitz Fitzgerald is is a great one. Uh, you're expecting something. I I'm, I'm only gonna say I loved Steve Smith. Oh, boy, oh yeah. yeah, Steve yeah, he's Smith. He's with a, horrible quarterback. He's he's aggressive. He was so aggressive. I yeah. I, yeah, I like, really I, liked him. You know what? I, I hate that and because of what has transpired in his life, but I think Antonio Brown Antonio um, was, is absolutely – I mean, and I, when I say is, I'm taking away all the nonsense. Uh, I think Antonio Brown – how do you feel about Odell Beckham Jr.? You know, when it comes to, when it comes to Odell, this is, this is, this is going to be a little controversial – if Odell doesn't make one of the most spectacular catches that has ever 
that has ever been filmed in NFL history in that Giants-Cowboys game a few years back. I don't even think he would have the cachet or the swag that he has today because that put him on the map. A thousand percent. He was very good at LSU, but it wasn't like he was the number one pick coming out of the draft. Not that a wide receiver ever really is. It's very rare. Um, But he was good, right? Then he goes to the NFL. And listen, did anybody ever talk about Odell Beckham Jr. before that catch? Well, hold on. He was rookie of the year. Yeah, but being rookie—I mean, being rookie of the year—if we put that in perspective to your question now, you know, the question comes up because there are so many people that think he's so great. Which well, I'm, I'm asking—I'm on your side, but I'm playing devil's advocate. Yeah, well, no, he—right—he's rookie of the year, but at the same time, again, put in perspective, how many years ago was that? Now, ten years ago? Yeah, roughly. Roughly. Yeah, yeah no, it's—it's been—it's been. It's been... It's been some I think time. it's been nine years. Right, and the year he was rookie of the 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 year that he was rookie of the year, he was probably the number one featured wide receiver. So he was the most targeted. I guarantee he was probably the most targeted in terms of all the wide receivers at that at that time. And good for him. I res- absolutely respect his ability and his talent when he was in his prime. But again, I just go back to he wouldn't even have the cachet that probably is still everlasting from that catch because that I mean that influenced he's kind of like it's kind of like how Steph Curry has influenced the players of today the young kids coming up how the The three-pointer is so much more it's so much more acceptable to shoot it from long range vice when I was younger um where a three-pointer was it was almost taboo it was almost like you you don't shoot a three-pointer unless unless you are a three-point shooter right like what I mean by that is if you're not Ray Allen if you're not Larry Bird Right. If John you're not Paxton. Steve Kerr, <laughs> yeah. if right. you're not John Pax, if you're not Dan Marley, right? Why are you shooting a three pointer? Because that's how the NBA used to be. That's right. Guys kind of ignored the three point shot because it was only like if you're only if you're one of these Reggie dudes. Mil- that's Reggie, right, Reggie Miller. Miller. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. <laughs> we Reggie, all, we all, Reggie, Reggie Miller, Miller at the same time. <laughs> hey, hey, Glenn Rice. <laughs> Glenn Rice. Right. Yeah, right. Yeah. And so that was kind of like a coveted thing. You know, when I was growing up, I remember my high school and my junior high coach telling me that this is years and years ago. Hey, scoot in. That's not your range. Yeah. yeah. That always bothered me and I ended up when I was when I did play I, I ended up doing very well I ended up being a three-point shooter myself a little shout out to me right but but, but <laughs> shameless plug right but my point but my point is is that my coach treated it like that whoa, whoa, whoa yeah. what are you doing move yeah. move up why are you shooting a 30 foot shot you need to shoot this nice little this juicy little 12 footer right which I hated those I like the long range something about it I thought I just thought the three-pointer was a very sexy thing at the time and, yeah. and now the, the the way that clay and Steph and all these guys in the league I mean now there's so many guys that want to emulate that and it's so much more acceptable well, well because we're in a highlight reel TikTok world yes. and it's all about that nobody's taking shots from mid-range it's either layups or it's it's either the three-point yeah. shot where it's really the, the 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 basketball that I grew up with like Pat Riley was very big on it is volume you get those buckets in yeah uh and now it is it is not that yes it makes for an exciting clip and highlight reel but i agree and just to reaffirm your point with odell after that one-handed catch in 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 practices all he would do is try to make one-handed catches and you're like and so did everybody else yeah well Odell, Once he did that. Odell got a, a, a huge kick out of it, right? He actually had the balls to say maybe the NFL should change their logo to like like he, he like I he wanted that. a Jordan like um, silhouette 
like with with him but now just now he has his own apparel so you keep it over there honey i agree with you and it's unfortunate i think he's supremely talented i think he's a once in a lifetime talent but now unfortunately with him i don't think the juice is worth the squeeze because he makes it very stressful for the quarterback because the last thing the quarterback needs to do is is worry about you in the press or post game throwing everybody under the bus because he doesn't think that you, you threw it to him enough. He's just, I think he's a locker room cancer. I think him and Eli Apple in that regard will wreck a locker yeah. room. And I mean, I get he had the, his ACL now twice, but I got to tell you, my big thing with him, and I, I've talked about this a few times on the show, is a week after he signed the highest contract for a wide receiver post-rookie for $90 million with the New York Giants, he was on ESPN a week later with Lil Wayne talking about how uh, he thought that New York was too cold and he'd like to play someplace warmer. I will. That is the day that I said... I will not wear this man's jersey. Yeah. I am not an Odell Beckham Jr. fan anymore. Because at that, and then, you know, he's fighting nets and he's causing all these, and, and then they're like, no, he just needs to be in his element. So he goes to the Cleveland Browns. He's playing with his best friends. He's playing with, with Jarvis Lander, who he went to school with, he went to LLC with, he went uh, with Kareem Hunt, with Nick Chubb, Nick with Chubb. Um, uh, Baker Mayfield, who was setting the world on fire at that point in the league. And so everybody's like, oh, you're crazy to not love Odell. I'm like, am I? Because let's think about it. Um, do I think now the Rams would have won without him? That's a good question because I don't think that they could have gone that far without him. Yeah, could they no, have that won? answer? That answer I can say unequivocally is no. They don't win that Super Bowl without him. Yeah. Because now this is easy to say in hindsight, right? Take away the touchdown because he scored. He scored the first touchdown in yes, the Super Bowl. That's right. He was balling. The, even the play he got injured on was like a ten yard catch, yeah, right? Yeah, so he was drag, doing he yeah. was he was doing he was doing very well. He was probably there was a, a high probability that he could have even been Super Bowl MVP, right? But take away that touchdown, the Rams lose that game. They lose by four. By four, yeah, right. right? So I mean, as, as also coming from a betting perspective, right? That line for that Super Bowl, if I'm not mistaken, hovered in between like two, two and a half, mm -hmm. uh, maybe even touch three. You have to forgive me because that was two or three Super Bowls ago now, or two, I guess it was. But um, but I think it was three, right? Wasn't that line? Oh, yeah, I think that was yeah. fine. It was, th was two yeah. and a half. It hovered between two and a half and three, excuse me. So you take away that Odell touchdown, and they don't win. And and I know he didn't play in the second half, so they, there was some adjustments made by the Rams to utilize other guys to attriculate the ball down the field. But uh, he made a huge impact. I do think he learned a lot because we all – grow right we've all had our immature moments in life regardless of our careers and things like that and i think it's no different for for um, professional athletes i bet you if you asked odell today i bet you he is so embarrassed of how he I, I guarantee he would probably use the word embarrassed of how he acted as a new york giant the whole thing with the fighting the nets throwing people under the bus i don't think he would i think he's very self-righteous i think that he is the, the exact opposite i think he's the type that grows roots in in something you disagree with him about. Um, and I'm gonna give you two two pieces of, of two, some food for that. I was gonna say two pieces of nugget. Um, <laughs> all right, so how, okay, so don't you remember when he met with the Giants, the Bills, and then met with the Cowboys? Of course. Okay, do you remember Jerry Jones pre-Odell yes. visit? Do you remember Jerry Jones post-Odell visit? Tell me. 
Okay, so beforehand, Jerry Jones was, uh, he he's made to wear the star. The yeah, star, he did say he, that, yeah. This is, this is, he is made for Dallas football. Like, couldn't stop talking about it at nauseum. Uh, hyped. Post-visit, like, you didn't hear anything until the day after. That night, he sent them all to the Mavericks game, and then the next day, Jerry Jones's energy level went from this to this. It was, uh, I, I think he was a he's a nice he's a, y- a good young man, nice young man. We had a, we had a really good uh, we had some good discussions, you know, and we you know it's all about figuring out what's best for the team. Right. That right there, because Jerry Jones loves to showboat, loves to showboat. Yeah, right. Take every opportunity you can. Every sure. opportunity you went from talking about Odell wearing the straw. That to me is like. There is a care, just like I think there is with, with Eric Bieniemy that nobody talks about. I think there is an inherent personality issue where now he's torn up locker rooms, and Odell will not be the prettiest girl at the ball in Dallas. So, you know, I I, I think that that to me was a really really big deal. Um, and the Miami incident on the plane. Yeah, that that I we never got really the full story of did what. You, did you see the video? I, I I don't know if I said. Gosh, I don't the, know the, the video. I think I just saw like a like a photograph. No, but no not a the, video. The actual video where they were. Yeah, where, what, where so, they showed you know what I mean somebody on the plane was videoing the yeah, whole situation. Yeah, so what was the situation? It, it was it was blown. It was he refused it, it to was, put a seatbelt on. They came over, asked him multiple times. He still refused. So to. he was being so he, he was, was he, he was, was drunk and asleep. He was being a princess about putting on a seatbelt. Yes, yes, but they also were still on the ground. Right. Like he was knocked out sleep. Like you know what I'm saying? Like sure. like all of us sure. have gone on a plane and passed out. I don't know if I've ever yeah. gotten on a plane f- leaving Miami sober and not half asleep by the time I like because I'd been up for a couple of a days. A thousand percent. So I understand that. He should have put it I mean, if he puts a seatbelt on, there's no problem. That's the fact it. the fact that he didn't tells me that but, he was like, I'm Odell Beckham Jr. But Fox, to. it's yeah. that part. Like just put your fucking belt on. So yeah. so and now you're you're grounding the rest of the plane. Yeah. Well, like just put your it, belt on. It was it like I could tell it was a little bit more from the flight attendants as well. Like they had it, they they wanted a moment as well. No, he could have done. They could have. Oh, they, I believe that wholeheartedly, man. It, it, okay, but he, they could have. They could have avoided the whole. Maybe, but yes. once. But the minute I'm like, put your seatbelt on. Even if I'm like half in the bag, you just put your belt on, and that's that. Yeah, they because they were saying that like he didn't have his clothes on or whatever, but he like. He was clothed. Yeah, and it, so it, it certainly was, it made weird. it made headlines. It was a heck of a story. Um, I want to go back to what you said a little while ago about pre and post visit with the Cowboys. There is no. I don't know if there's anybody on planet Earth that is better at PR than Jerry Jones. And I mean, if you turn on, if you turn on the television and you watch a lot of the morning shows. Right. There's three or four big ones out there. I'm not going to plug them, but we all know what they are. Right. And so, it, I mean, sometimes I watch some of these shows and it's like it might as well be called the Dallas Cowboys show because they talk about them so much. But that's the because time. they're obviously the, they're, they're the most profitable sports team on the planet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's built that up. I have mad respect for that from a business standpoint, what he has done in terms of what he bought them for to what they're worth now. Yeah. It's disgusting. It's incredible. He's yeah. a master right? marketer. And, but if you think about it, I don't, I, I really mean this when I say this, 
I don't know if he ever really actually wanted Odell or not, or if the whole thing was just designed to say, hey, come on, let's let's look at the cow, look at us some more. Because they went from Odell Beckham Jr. And by the way, one of us can probably spout out a couple of free agents that were available, but we went from, we're going to sign, potentially sign Odell Beckham Jr., which would have been just massive, right? This would have been huge. To then they ended up signing, what's his name, from a previous Indianapolis Colts player, uh, T.Y. Hilton. Hilton. T.Y. Hilton, that's right. So, so that's we right. went from like signing, like making a move that would be viewed as like, wow, that's like a 9 out of 10 move, yeah, like, right? Like, loud, wow. A very loud move. Loud, lavish, yeah, yes. attractive move. Yes. Odell, Dallas Cowboys star. Even if he would have just had, because he, he, at that time he would have only played in a few regular season games. That's right. And then, and then the playoffs, right? Given his health would have stayed intact. That would have been really, really something. It's yeah. very on brand for them. Yeah. Exactly, because you think about all the times that they brought somebody in who was controversial. That list is long, and then you go T.Y. Hilton. Did T.Y. Hilton? Did he ever? I mean, what, did he ever even catch yeah. more than five or six balls? Well, the no, thing he, is, he got is, a couple and, touchdowns. And you know, I didn't really for think the Cowboys. Of, mm-hmm. I didn't think did about really? it that way though. But you know what? I before that happened, I said they don't even need him. They don't. They don't need Odell Beckham Jr. Their roster. Listen, I I, I loathe this organization. I mean, loathe them. But Dallas. Oh my God. Well, Giants. you bleed blue. Giants, no, Redskins. So like, yeah. I, I, I that mean, hate is that hate is. Honestly, I'm a Niners fan, so you know I don't like yeah, Dallas. That's, Wait, that's, first that's of all, and I, and I gotta. I, I have. I have. I, I. There's something that I've got to say to you as a 49ers fan, but really quick, wrapping up this Odell conversation. Um, they didn't need him. If you look at their roster, I, I, I said for the last couple of years and asked Josh, we, we have it on tape. I've said they've had a Super Bowl caliber roster, but the reason the Dallas will never flourish is because of the Jimmy Johnson curse. I always say until Jerry Jones makes it publicly right, publicly right with Jimmy Johnson and says yeah. that was not Barry Spitzer's team. That was your team. This curse will, will never go away, but Jerry Jones just does not have it. It, it, it will. He came close. Oh my God. Before this last season started, my upper lip is sweating because he's like, Okay, so you know I could have handled it better. Right. Okay, and that I that's was like, a billionaire's apology, bro. Yeah. I'm no, sorry no, no, to no, tell no. You. That's a narcissist's apology. But that, that's a billionaire person's apology. All right, but you know what? But the <laughs> no, listen. If I if I kind of see, but he's so self involved that he he would never consider that it's his own karma. Okay, I knew that the Niners were going to lose to the Eagles when Josh. Oh. I don't know when, maybe when their third string quarterback was the starter. Oh, no, 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 no. It was when the fans put the Brocky oh, bell right, on the Rocky right. statue. I was like, I literally posted a story. I said, like, I had these. I'm like, birds by 40. I, I got a question for you. I'm going to say two things, if I may. Please. First thing, if the Cowboys sign Odell, if the Cowboys sign Odell, now you've got CD on one side. And I don't like Dallas, by the way. Yeah, yeah. I'm with you. I loathe them. They stopped. They stopped the Niners from going to two additional Super Bowls back in the, in the '90s. Okay, in NFC Championship games. But if you have Odell on one side, Ceedee Lamb on the other, Dalton Schultz all over the middle, right as the tight end. Dalton's gone. Is he gone? They're not bringing him back. They're not going to bring him back. Right. Back. Too expensive is what we're saying. Yeah. Okay. But but seriously. CD got double covered quite a bit. Now yeah. go back to when Amari Cooper was on the Cowboys. You could not double because right. Amari was such he's such a sound, fundamentally sound wide receiver. I know he's not a he's not a huge splash wide receiver, right? He's not as he's he's maybe not as uh, uh, 
splashy, so to speak, as like an Odell or a CD Lamb, or even make plays like a Cooper Cup or like a maybe Justin maybe a better compar- I lo- I- a better comparison. Justin Jefferson, Stephon Diggs. I love yeah. me some Stephon Diggs, by the way. Yeah. Um, but uh, but I mean, if you get Odell on that Dallas team, I think that would have been scary. The only the only thing that would have stopped them, which is really their Achilles' heel, and I don't want to. Have say this, and then it, it could cause us to easily go off on a tangent. But I'm sorry, Dak Prescott's not the answer. Um, well, and, and look, in the, in the other, the flip side of that, truth, truthfully, is that they've put themselves in a corner mm-hmm. because now you can't necessarily cut them, but definitely he has, can't cut them. He has too many scars, like mental scars from playoff losses. That yeah. now it's like I don't know if he, you're ever going to advance, so you're in this stuck position. And yeah, I mean, check I this like, out. Dude I played at Mississippi State. He's a, he played under Dan Mullen. Dan Mullen was the offensive coordinator for both University of Florida championships when they had Chris Leak and Tim Tebow, and he coached with Urban Meyer. Okay, Dan Mullen was the offensive coordinator. Yeah. Okay. He was he he was as good as an offensive play caller as there's ever been in college football. And then he goes to Mississippi State. I think Dan Mullen really, during his time at Mississippi State, put them on the map in a way on ESPN and other networks when they were playing, where people tuned in because Mississippi State, you got to remember, not only did he have Dak, um, he had the other kid that was after Dak. He had an Irish last name. It eludes me at the moment. We can figure it out. But nevertheless... They had their most success. They they have not they have they were not the same after Dan Mullen for a couple of years, and then they 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 got Mike Leach, rest in peace, um, and he's obviously you know air raid offense, et cetera. But I'm going. I'm making a point. I'm long winded, but I'm making a point here. Dak went in the fourth round, even 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 winning a lot of games, even having Dan Mullen, and I think it was because he was a product of the Dan Mullen system. Chris Leak never played in the NFL. Right, like actually started a game. He might have been on a practice yeah, he, squad somewhere. He was, on, he, was on, he was on some rosters. Yeah, he yeah. was on some rosters, but he never played. That's right. You know, and 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 he was a a very good quarterback at Florida. At one point in time, he went back to University of Florida and was the quarterbacks coach. Um, I think that that time has passed. That was years ago, a few years ago back. Tim Tebow obviously played. We know the Tim Tebow story and all that kind of stuff. But I'm making a point. Sometimes a fourth rounder is just a fourth rounder. You know, you could yeah. put lipstick on a pig, but still a pig, baby. It's still a pig. I just think when it comes down to it. He shits the bed at the very end. And, and Josh and I have a running joke. We always say that train is never late. Like, they'll always lose by the first round. Yeah. I mean, you can, you can hype it up all you want. Um, but, you know, it, it, it just it blows my mind because I look at their roster. First of all, they should have never let Amari Cooper go. But him and Dak were not good. He actually called Dak the Black Kirk Cousins. But Did it, he really? Yeah. <laughs> him and I were laughing about it for forever and ever. While he was on the team, he said that? No, right no, after no, he no. Let right go. after he left. Oh, Mark okay. Via Twitter, he's yeah. like, he, he, called, he called Dak the Black Kirk Cousins. The amount of tears from laughter that that brought me was, was unreal. But um, listen, given this quarterback market, if you have a team desperate enough in the same way the Browns were desperate enough to give Deshaun Watson that contract – you never know what could happen. I think some of them might take the, the 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 brunt of what was left on the contract and pay him because that's that's the quarterback market that has Dan young Daniel Jones thinking he deserves north of forty five million, which is wild. Wild fucking wild. By, by like, the way, uh, on this just one last thing on this Dak situation, right? I'm, I'm going to say two things. Give you two examples. When the Bucks wanted to win a championship. They got Tom Brady. The team was in place. Mike Evans, 
right? Yep. And the list goes on. Leonard Fournette, Mike Evans. Chris Godwin. Uh, thank you. Chris Godwin. Um, a couple other really good role-type yeah. players, right? Scotty yeah. Miller, you know, he's kind Bray, of like a Bray role player. Tight end was, Cameron was Bray, good, yeah. Um, their, their offensive line and defensive line. Um, name me some of those defensive superstars that they had. Vita Vea, yep, um, yeah. Nadamakan Sue came in yes. that year. That's right. Um, there's uh, a couple of uh, uh, Devin uh, White. Mm -hmm. Antoine Winfield. Uh, yeah, was a Antoine Winfield, Devin well. White. Um, JPP was on that team. Yes, yeah. he They was. got Tom Brady. I'm going somewhere with this. They got Tom Brady. Boom, they win, right? Yeah. One year. Let me give you another example. Matt Stafford, gunslinger, bad mamma jamma, leaves Detroit, goes to the Rams. Bingo. Super Bowl. So now you look at Des I'm going somewhere. Dak Prescott. Just not the guy. Yeah. He's not the guy. You can put all these pieces around him and he still couldn't get it done. When you brought in a true gunslinger, when you brought in a true um, quarterback at Tom Brady in terms of that cerebral talent mixed in with the physical talent, right? Because him and, and, and Peyton Manning, right, are so similar in terms of just how smart they are and how yeah. they can, and what I mean by that is being able to read defenses, being able to be quick on their feet, decision-making-wise, and leadership. Stafford doesn't have necessarily have all those, but boy, can he throw a football. Yeah. Sure does. And they won a Super Bowl. Yep. And Tom Brady went to the Bucs and won a Super Bowl. Dak Prescott has been in place in Dallas like six years yeah, now, seven, I'd say. maybe six seven, seven yeah. and he can't get it done. Under under two different coaches. And, you know, the thing is, um, I, I would say before before the Super Bowl, before well, during the playoffs, and people were bad, were bad-mathing the 49ers and Brock Purdy. I'm like, whoa, whoa, wait, Brock Purdy has won as many playoffs games as Dak Prescott and Tony Romo. See, now, but we can also talk about coaching and Dak. Um, I think with Tony Romo, if you gave him a better coach, he would have had at least two rings. I think Tony Romo's football. Yeah, had Bill Parcells. Well, listen. Yeah, Bill didn't want to be there no more. Yeah, he didn't want to be there no <laughs> yeah, more. Bill, Bill, Bill was dying his hair blonde. It was a wrap for yeah, Bill. But, but, that was it. He looked like Hulk Hogan <laughs> that, at the end. It's but, like, you know what, though? but you know what, though? Tell me that Bill Parcells wants to lose, and that's like an oxymoron. Oh, no. no. That's, that's fair. That's fair. And, but, I, and I remember, I, I remember right, because I, I got a memory like an elephant. Tony Romo takes off from like the five yard line and he's caught literally on the heels and goes down just before crossing the goal line. Boom, they lose that playoff game. That's that right. was Bill Parcells' last I remember well, that. That was Bill Parcells' was the, last coach game. That for the was Cowboys. the Seahawks game, right? That was, it was. The, that was the one it was against that was the, the Seattle one Seahawks. With the, with the muff that was with the muff uh, field goal. Yes. yes. That's what the muff field yes. with the shiny football. So Romo ball. takes off. Hey, <laughs> ball. That, I had never seen a football look that shiny. Watching, like, it, watching it live, it looks like, oh my God, Romo's about to run this thing. It's over. Because yeah. they get that touchdown, it's over. It's yeah, done. Yeah, There's yeah, not even yeah. enough time left. That's right. Right? And it's done. It's pretty much done at that point. He gets caught from the back because he's slow, right? And he gets caught and it's done. Bill Parcells loses. That's the last game he ever coached. He had Bill Parcells. He didn't win. You know what I mean? Now, Bill Parcells is more of a defensive guy. Yes. Right? And, and, before I know we're talking a lot about the Cowboys and, and Dak and everything else. No, this is bad. I think it's a huge mistake. If I was Jerry Jones, let me tell you what I would have done. I would have definitely gotten rid of Mike McCarthy. I think that guy is an absolute No. I think keep that, him in place. Right. Please keep up. Commander's keep, fan keep says him keep him in place. Please keep yes. him in place. Listen, the clock management thing is out of this world. But he, we were just 
He had the exact same problem. I didn't mean to cut you off, but the same issues in Green Bay. He had the same issues in Green Bay. He needs to call Aaron Rodgers every night and, and wish him well and thank him. because <laughs> Wish him well. Because if it wasn't for Aaron Rodgers, and I don't even like Aaron Rodgers. Oh, you want to talk about pretentious. I can't stand him. But do I respect his ability? I feel like we're kindred spirits. You're, How? You're, like, like, you don't even understand. Listen, this, listen, this episode was not Mike even supposed McCarthy. to have any football, and we are gone. <laughs> yes, all football, yes. Mike McCarthy should be so grateful because he would be he would be I don't know plowing the fields in in Texas if it wasn't for Jerry Jones bringing him in and because he had the soup, one lone Super Bowl with Aaron Rodgers which they should have had more just speaking from a, a talent standpoint in terms of how good uh, Aaron Rodgers is it's just unbelievable that's a whole that's a whole other segment right but yeah. again his his clock management's awful and then you talk smack which I did tune in the other day and I heard you guys talk about. With with uh, with Kellen Moore, you, I was going to ask you about that. You you let Kellen Moore go, right? Because that doesn't get blessed off. Jerry Jones just listens to McCarthy in that respect. Yeah. Hey, you want Kellen Moore gone? Okay, that, I'll let you make that decision because you can have the staff that you want. to. Sure. You let a guy go who is an offensive guru, Kellen Moore. I I don't know if I necessarily like him per se because I don't know enough about like his. I don't know if I know enough about his personality to have a judgment on whether I like him or not per se. But one thing I do know is the guy set all kinds of records at Boise State as the quarterback at Boise. They had their best years under Kellen Moore. He literally set every quarterback record that was physically and humanly possible <laughs> at Boise State. Which means what it tells you is the reason I bring that up is because what it tells you is his football acumen and his decision making and his understanding of the game is at such a superior high level. That's why one year after he no longer played, because if I don't know if you guys remember, he was the backup quarterback at Dallas. That's right. Boom, he's the offensive coordinator. Now, I think he was the quarterback coach for a year. I think so. He was a quarterback coach before he went into But, I mean, State. at the largest franchise in the NFL, the number one franchise in terms of monetary, et cetera, he's, he goes from quarterback coach to offensive coordinator, and he was either one or two seasons. Yeah. And now he's gone, and he's, he's with San Diego now, right? Or, excuse me, uh, he's with the Chargers, Chargers now, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Watch. Watch. I mean, a futures bet might be in order on the Chargers this year for the simple fact that Kellen Moore linked up with Justin Herbert could be so much more dynamic. Okay, and and also, uh, staying on that point, they had uh, the second or third highest scoring offense in the NFL, and that statement basically said, well, I think the words were, uh, well, you know, it's one thing to light up a scoreboard, but, you know, you got to win games. And you got, I, he said, he said, what he said was, which you're, you're like 99% correct. He mentioned something in there. I'm paraphrasing a little bit, something about running the football. Yeah. So dude, you would have won more games if you would have ran the football and scored less points. And by the way, who was going to run the football? Tony Pollard is, is awesome. I'm jealous. I want to have him on the 49ers. That would have been, he's, he's an incredible player. Listen, Tony Pollard was a superstar at Memphis. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He was awesome. He was dynamic. He was like Christian McCaffrey. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? That, that's who I would compare him to. In, in his college days and, and even as a pro, he's very Christian McCaffrey-like, meaning good hands out of the backfield, mm-hmm. but can also run the ball from to, the line of scrimmage. The, rock, yeah. the dude darts out, and all of a sudden it's bam, it's five, seven a- yards. And he can play receiver. I feel like that position is evolving so quickly. We have yeah. like we have Debo, we have CMC, we have Saquon that, need, that can act as receivers when necessary. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I don't understand you. Zeke Elliott's past his prime, unfortunately, yeah. right? He went past his prime a little early. It's kind of odd. How, Fortunately, yeah, he kind of like 
like one minute he was great and then the next minute he wasn't so great. But that's what happens when you pay him. That's what happens when, <laughs> you, when you overpay him and you overpay him way too early. Yeah. I would have got rid of him if I was Jerry Jones when he when he pulled the whole thing. I'm the, in Cabo the, the and Cabo I want X. Yeah. Because, because he was good, but it wasn't like he was great. You know what no, I mean? No, he was top two in the league at that point. Yeah, I know. but it, In but, terms of yards. But I mean, proven performer long term. Yeah. It was like we all were enamored by this flash in the pan that he was his first year or two. That's fair. And then he's demanding all the money, but it's like the running back position already at that point, even four or five years ago, we already knew it wasn't the same as like a quarterback or a wide receiver in terms of skill players. I just think, because the the point is made right here with what we're talking about. Tony Pollard gets brought in and then there's all this controversy about well, who really is the number one guy in terms of the running back. And even Dallas fans will tell you that they were they were leaning more towards Pollard. Oh, yeah, they, they, the, Pollard's a game changer. He's yeah, electric. Sure. He's electric. Sure. So, but I got you. Zeke was Zeke. Zeke was very good in his first yeah. year or two, yeah. and 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 he totally capitalized on the situation, which you and I would probably definitely do. Hey, dude, I want to go ahead and get paid. I, I mean, go ahead and as, pay me. As, you know as, what I mean? As he should, especially as a running back. Yeah, I would have done the, the same thing. Yeah, the nature of that position, you're not going to be there long. But imagine so. all the cap room. Oh, yeah. If you don't pay Dak and you don't pay Zeke. Oh, you can do whatever you want. What am, quarterback could you have right now? I am so Almost glad. Almost anybody you want. I am so glad they did things exactly the way yeah. they did them. Please stay that way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Please stay that way. But, um, yeah, I think it's the, the way that uh, McCarthy did uh, Kellen Moore. I said, I also said that this gives you a, there's a huge article that came out in Sports Illustrated, I want a few years ago, but it was in, it was in segments. So you had to wait for the next episode or the next issue to get the next part. And it was about the contentious relationship between A.A. Ron and Mike McCarthy, because at first they made it seem like it was, McCar like it was McCarthy's the villain. McCar then you learn that they were both such nightmares where you had Aaron Rodgers changing the call play in the middle of the huddle, but they were both shitty. They're both awful people. And I don't, if I'm Jerry Jones, why would I get Mike McCarthy? I, I just, I've never understood. It's perplexing, it. isn't it? But I was going to say this gave you a glimpse. And now you look back as if I was Aaron Rodgers, and I, I can't stomach him. I would, that would vindicate me. I'd say, I'd be like, you see, this is Mike McCarthy. Absolutely. And, 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 and if you've ever dealt with somebody who had a similar personality like Aaron Rodgers, highly talented, and so they tend to be narcissistic, but they also tend to be a little pretentious. But but it's fed by their talent and their ability, and they know that they see things on a different level. And so you need a coach who can coach to that. You need a coach who can handle a superstar. Yeah. So, for instance, I, I'm just going to say this. I think it's kind of a rhetorical question. If you took Aaron Rodgers and he was coached by, let's just say, Andy Reid or Sean Payton, do you think you'd ever have any of those same problems? Do you think do you think Aaron Rodgers all the body language the huffing and puffing and the rolling of the eyes and the changing of the plays or do you think that Aaron Rodgers goes okay we're equals No I don't think he can do that I don't think he has it within himself I think he would fight I don't up. think he respected McCarthy to your point I don't I'm, think he respects anybody Um you know what well look I I'll put it this way uh that's one of those things we'll never know because, yeah. you know what I mean? Like he, when he started his career, Mike McCarthy was there. So if you already felt smarter than your coach from the beginning of your, you know, your, your professional journey, you already felt like you were the smartest person. But if you came in under a legend, then it's like, obviously I'm not as smart as you. The learning curve might've been different. And then your personality might've 
been shifted a little bit as well. So I think I think Aaron I, I think Aaron falling in the draft created a huge chip on his shoulder. Yeah, a thousand percent. And but what I'm saying is, and and I really mean this when I say this, as I want you to think about this, Aaron's at practice all the time. He's interacting with McCarthy all the time. Back in their early years, even prior to a Super Bowl, okay, he's around them 24-7. He's seeing what we don't see. So yeah. he he knows whether McCarthy's the real deal or not. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. So that, that's no, the point that I'm making is, so that's why when Sundays roll around and you see the eye rolling and the body language and the changing of the plays, it's because he didn't believe in them. There's a lot to be said about that. And then look how it reflects in Dallas. All these opportunities all these all these um miscues with the time management even the play calling one minute you're you're the play caller then you're not the play caller the comment about kellen moore um all these different decisions that he's made and stuff like that and it's like aaron maybe saw that initially i don't like i said i'm not a, i'm not a rogers fan but i mean if you again if you've ever been in the workplace and you were surrounded by somebody with a lot of talent. They see, they tend to see things a little differently, right? They're prima donnas, but I think he saw something about McCarthy and just just knew he was just wasn't that. Dude. Yeah, but look at how Aaron. Yes, but look at how Aaron treated uh, Matt Lafleur. He treats him. He treats. He doesn't even acknowledge him. Uh, I think. Do that, you believe in Matt Lafleur? Uh. Yeah, yeah, but you give him the respect as a head coach so the other guys can believe in him. Absolutely. That's part of a leader. No yeah. doubt. And Aaron Rodgers is not one. And I'm going to tell you this, and this is something that I hold true to my heart. I don't think – I think Aaron Rodgers is the most overrated quarterback in in the game. And I, you know who made or what made uh, Aaron Rodgers great is fantasy football. He's fantasy gold because he's consistent. Yeah. But what have you done? You 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 do all of that. You hold your team hostage all those uh, off seasons to lose to Jimmy Garoppolo in the conference game. Like, and and this year they didn't even get that far. Josh and I predicted in the beginning of the season that they're not even going to make the playoffs. Yeah. No. I personally think he's completely overrated. I want to see him go to the Jets. For this reason, Saleh is a dog. Saleh will not deal with his shit. I agreed. And where did Saleh used to be at? San Francisco, baby. That's right. He was. Yep. Now, okay, so shifting gears a little bit. Uh, yeah, get, sorry. We get, went off on an NFL get, tangent. Getting into a little bit of NBA, um, I just want to get your take on what makes a good NBA parlay, in your opinion. Mm. You know... I'm not a huge parlay guy, but every now and again, of course, like a lot of betters, uh, I like to delve into the parlays, right? Um, I think if you're putting together an NBA parlay in particular, you you really have to be, when it comes to NBA, you really have to be in tune like no other sport because there's 80 games. So in the NBA, it is not as simple as put yourself in, in the shoes of being what I like to call a square better, right? You're not a sharp Okay, you're the average person. That average person really is not hitting those NBA parlays. Don't get me wrong. Every now and then a dog will find a bone. What I'm saying is this. You have to be so in tune with what's going on because there's load management that's taking place. There's guys on teams that don't really want to be there. There's guys who are just like, for instance, you know, Russell Westbrook. Do you, I don't know if he ever really thought he was going to be there all season because there was so much controversy about him coming off the bench, et cetera, et cetera. Now, he ended up actually being very good, and he ended up probably, I think he could have easily been sixth man of the year. I don't know if that's like 
something he wanted. Right. It's kind of like a backhanded yeah. compliment because he is a Hall of Famer. I do respect his his ability and, and the things he's accomplished. He's an amazing ball of energy, unlike I don't even know if we've ever seen anybody that was that explosive and that dynamic um, outside of Allen Iverson, right? Um, and so but kind of two different players. But anyways, back to the parlay thing. You just you really got to be in tune. Some of the things that I like when it comes to NBA parlays is same game parlays. Mm. So let me give you an example. Yesterday, uh, again, it's on my Instagram. I was I was really big on the over in Mavericks Suns, and it wasn't. It doesn't take a rocket scientist to look at the game and go, "Okay, we've got Hall of Famers, future Hall of Famers on the court. We've got Kyrie, we've got Durant, we've got Luca." We've got all these great role players for Phoenix. They got a, they got a lot of uh, Chris Paul, Devin Booker. Those aren't role players, um, but but there are some other ones, right? Yeah. Who are more of uh, the role players? Um, DeAndre Ayton. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't because he's not a superstar. You know what I mean? But the guy's very good. Mm -hmm. So the over in that game was the play that happened. It soared over the total. The total was two hundred and thirty three and a half points. Okay. Um, I, I yeah. took I took the over, but I mean you splash in Kevin Durant over his point total. Right, you splash in a couple of the other guys. You splash in how many total three pointers would be made in the game. That sort over the total. Sure, you know what I mean. You you look at it from a perspective of neither one of them had a great defense. There's a lot to prove last uh, yesterday in that game in terms of now Kyrie's on one team, Durant's on the other team, right? And so you and then you've got Luca, who's the wild card because he kind of plays a little bit of a chip on his shoulder because uh, I don't think that he feels that he's as respected as he should be in his mind. So. Again, I threw out some of these human element factors, right? Um, if you're going to put together a parlay, a serious parlay that you really believe can hit, there's so many different factors that you have to that you have to account for. I think in today's world, this Instagram, TikTok, YouTube world that we live in that you mentioned earlier, people think that it's just so easy to do now, right? Like, oh, I just, you know, I'm going to take the over and this and that, and I'm going to throw it all in there, and it's going to, you know, this will cash. It's not as easy as that because, again, you've got so many other factors that you have to deal with. Um, and, and also something that I mentioned the other day on uh, one of the other podcasts that I was on is the NBA, before every single game, has a coaches and referees meeting. I don't know if you guys know that That's or right. not. Okay? Yeah. And there's a lot that I'm sure is discussed in those meetings. What fouls will be called. Correct. What things we're looking have at. Have you ever, have you ever, and it's, a, again, this is rhetorical in nature. You ever watched an NBA game and you were like, oh man, they're going to score so many points tonight because it's LeBron and it's AD and it's this dude and that dude. And then you watch and the score is 100 to 91. But the over under was 225. Where are those 35, 40 points at? Where are they? They're not there, right? What happened? So there's a lot of things that you'll see in the NBA vice other sports because there's 80 games. So I'm going somewhere with the whole 80 games thing. Going back to, to the load management, going back to sometimes these players, even though they play, they're not giving it their all because they're looking at the next game. They're looking at, well, we're already the fifth seed. There's five games. So it's very tricky. Specifically on NBA parlays, I really only like to bet the NBA when it's the playoffs. Okay. You know, yesterday was a different uh, situation because it was such a featured marquee game, mm -hmm. right? With all those superstars. I mean, that was a lot of bona fide superstars on the court at the same time. So it made for a great show. It, I mean, I knew going into yesterday's game, the over was to play because think about it. Booker, Durant, um, and Luka and Kyrie are all going to have the mindset of, well, I got to get mine. 
Yeah. Because this is a huge stage. This is the first game where it was going to be Kyrie versus, you know, Kyrie on one team, Durant on the other. Yep. It was featured. It was kind of, a, it wasn't necessarily a standalone game, but it was the first NBA game on the docket yesterday, 10, 10 a.m., 10, 10 Pacific time, um, 1 uh, p.m. On, on the East Coast. So it was, a, it was a big stage, so to speak, and all those guys want to make sure that they're going to get there. So again, I go back to the over in three total three pointers made yesterday. That was the that was a play. The over in terms of the of the total points and then individual point totals. How many will Durant have, Booker, etc. The mindset going into the game was, I got to get mine. This is a big stage. It's a big game. There's a lot of superstars. It's. I mean, I looked at it to be quite honest with you, almost like an all star game. Where it's like, not necessarily so worried about playing defense, but I do want to show the entire world who's watching, yeah. right? I do want to show the entire world who's watching who I am, i.e. those guys I named. Well, Five All-Stars. I would have looked at it a little bit differently because if I'm if I'm um, Luca, I have, a, and if I'm Kyrie, up until, well, now it's two and five. They're two and five together so far. I... I'd put it, I'd literally leave it all on the floor. I'd want everything to come out. I'd throw everything at the kitchen sink, especially now since this is such a huge spotlight. Right. So I'm surprised. I, I'm really surprised how that's going. I thought it would they would fare better together. Meaning um, Dallas? Yeah. Well, the difference between the Dallas situation and the Sun situation, and what I mean by that is Durant and, and Irving go to those two different teams Durant goes to the Suns. He sits out for two and a half weeks before he ever plays a game. Mm -hmm. Kyrie goes to Dallas, and he's only out for a game or two, and then he jumps right into the fire with Luka to start trying to build that chemistry right away. Whereas Durant, he was, quote-unquote, injured, right? So he was taking all this additional extra time. You know, I think a lot of that was me personally. I think a lot of that was vanity. Yeah. I, You know, I don't want to go out there. You know, the, the fear, because Kevin Durant's very thin-skinned, the fear of him playing – and not adding up right away, playing with Paul, playing with Aiton, playing with Booker, and then maybe maybe not looking so good. I have a lot of respect for Kyrie jumping right in, going two and five, and you know taking some losses on the chin. A couple of those they lost. They were they were right at the end of the game. Could yeah. they were games that could have went either way. But the respect that I had for Kyrie, he hasn't been a distraction in Dallas at all. He hasn't had any, nope, any problems. Nope, you haven't heard about anything. There hasn't been any problems, no issues. He seems to be building the chemistry game by game, which is tough to do. But he jumped right in. I'm scratching my head with this whole thing with Durant. Like, where are you, dude? It's two and a half weeks later, and now you're going to play your first game. But again, you're you're injured, right? So <laughs> Now, uh, what teams do you think uh, uh, you thought going into the season in the NBA would have performed better, maybe as a better um, Timberwolves, you know, I think I, I, you know, I really, before the start of the, of the season, I really thought that the Timberwolves could be looked at right now. Now pretend we're at the beginning of the season yeah. and you say, okay, you got Rudy Gobert, you got the Ant-Man, D'Angelo Russell. Um, there's one other superstar or uh, all-star that I'm cat. Cat. Thank Carl you. Anthony Carl Anthony Towns. Thank you. Just, just someone explained to me why those four dudes all on the court at the same time with a decent bench wouldn't be top of the Western Conference. Top five, at least. Well, yeah. because I think Minimum. It, well, yeah. pointed out how much uh, Rudy, because if, if you think about it, one of the things that I wanted to talk about was who are the most disappointing NBA stars this year. But I think it, it, it's single-handedly Rudy Gobert's fault. I think, and, and you look at how he performed last year and what he's done this year, you 
they don't have faith in him anymore. And so when that faith, and he was the go-to, okay, it was Cat and it was Gobert, but now it's not Gobert. Yeah. So he loses in points for himself and the team just, it's its a different vibe. I mean. But now, but, but now look at the team. Russell's gone. So you get rid of D'Angelo Russell. You get nothing back, essentially. Yeah, there was really nothing there. So he goes to the Lakers, who I think now the Lakers become a little bit more legitimate noisemakers. They're not legitimate contenders. Um, so I, I probably don't even want to get me started on the Lakers, but um, <laughs> they're noisemakers. You know, they could, they, could, they could maybe not only make the playoffs, but maybe win the first round. Um, I, don't, I wouldn't go any further than that, to be quite honest with you. Um, from a betting standpoint, I definitely wouldn't. But um, but again, you look at the Timberwolves, and it's like at the beginning of the year, that was a team that I really thought, hey, this from a betting perspective, getting them um, probably at at plus fifteen hundred, right, uh, yeah. fifteen to one, eighteen to one, somewhere somewhere they're somewhere in between fifteen to eighteen to one, and um, just amazing how it all unraveled. And then go back to uh, going back to Gobert, he also has been injured like half the year yeah. too. You know, but he was never really this great offensive powerhouse. He was known as being a defensive guy in That's Utah. Right. And he made all this stink about never getting the money, not making the all-star game a couple times when he felt like he should have made it. Um, and he just created all this stink in Utah. And eventually that led to just, okay, let's get rid of this guy. We'll just get him out of here. You know, it could kind of be, I'm not going to say a cancer because I'm, I'm not there to know what, what they really meant. So I don't, I don't want to necessarily use that word, but it seems like it was like, let's just part ways, easier to get rid of this guy, let him be happy, let him spread his wings over here. I'm not saying there was a lot of animosity there, but um, I mean, Timberwolves would be definitely disappointing, you know? Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, and to your point, Gobert hasn't worked out, but then also what they got back for him in that trade is ridiculous. Yeah. Utah, Utah, uh, George had the uh, the standings up earlier. Um, you know, they're they're right there. There's, yeah. you know, even even with all all the losses that they've taken on their team, they're still a solid team. Like, it's crazy. Absolutely crazy. All those picks, everything. That was definitely the Herschel Walker trade for me yeah. happening to another <laughs> Minnesota team. Yeah. You love talking about that. That's it. It's a bad trade. Yeah. It's a bad trade. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, switching gears again to uh, the NHL. Do you? I, I, know, I saw on your page you bet some NHL as well. I saw the, occasionally. I saw the hockey puck yeah. on there. So I was like, okay, yep. well, occasionally. I'll, yep. I'll throw some NHL out on them. Um, the Rangers get pa former MVP Patrick Kane for a bag of magical beans. Uh, and as, Mar as, as Roe would say, a pack of uh, two Marlboro Reds. <laughs> a pack of Newport Menthols. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, do you think that they have a legitimate shot now? Looking at uh, looking at the Stanley Cup, I mean, I think if you look at where they were viewed before, vice what they're viewed as now with the addition of Kane, of course, you look at that and go, "Oh, wow, okay, they 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 have a, a little bit better of a chance." From a betting standpoint, I wouldn't I wouldn't even bother with the futures or anything like that. I think he's slightly past his prime. He's a heck of a player. I have so much respect for you know hockey players, these these guys in the NHL because it's such a grueling sport. Yeah, I mean, we talk so much about football and how physical football is. I just don't know if I could ever play hockey because it's football on ice. <laughs> it really is eighty two games. It's football on ice and fighting's legal, right? Yeah, like yeah. it's like part of their culture of, of right. playing. Right. I just have so much respect for uh, for the NHL and, and what these guys do and um, and how many games they play a year. 
Um, I think that I think that they're I think Vegas is going to get a lot of futures on them because the value, yes. right? We always look for value. Yeah. But I, I I really I really look at that and I just say that that's false hopes. So if you're well, well, I'll say this. I will say this. The Golden Knights went and got Jonathan Quick, you know, multiple time uh, Stanley Cup winner as well as Vesna Trophy winner. Um, I don't know. You know what I mean? I look, and I am not a Vegas Golden Knights supporter at all. I am a Caps fan. Sure. But um, when I saw that and they didn't have to give up anything, that's uh, you never know. You never know. Yeah. Yeah. It's um. It, yeah, I think if you look at who are the are the favorites right now. Yeah, who you know? Who do you think has a legitimate chance to win? Um, you know, when, when it comes to hockey right now, I mean, if you look at the run that the Bruins are on right now, yeah. I mean, didn't I think they're on an eleven they, as as we film right now? I think they're at a ten or eleven game streak. They, well, streak, well, right? they're 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 right now they're they've lapped the field. They've got a hundred and three points. Yeah, on the year, so they're they're by far and away. Yeah, and I think momentum plays just like it does in a lot of sports. I think momentum in hockey is huge. Yeah. The confidence level goes up. When you when you're seeing the puck go through the net that many times as you just referenced, yeah. you know, it's huge. And so uh, momentum is big. I could see I could definitely see them making a splash. I do think that the with the addition of the gentleman that you just mentioned on the uh, on the Golden Knights, you know, because they've been good ever since their inception, right? They're, yeah. they're they're very consistent. The coach is very good. They're very fundamentally sound. They skate well. They score. yeah. But what I'm seeing is that the wheels fall off at the end with the Golden Knights. Well, well, now you know, talking about the uh, the Bruins, they the the Knights have the Bruins' former coach. They have Bruce Cassidy as the coach. Um, I think you know, look, the Knights, the the whole Western Conference is pretty wide open. Um, just in terms of a lot of a lot of players have moved. You know, you talk about Patrick Kane moving, and then yeah. you know uh, the Dallas Stars—they're still there. But who's their goaltender? Their goaltender, like for me, once we get because we're getting close to NHL playoff time, and the biggest thing for me is who's your goaltender, and then puck luck. It really—it's the, the game of hockey is so close. You know, what I mean that's yeah. why it's so hard to bet, truthfully, because it's literally one goal. Yeah. Okay. And we got they got lucky one more time, and we didn't. Or they, you know, they screened the goalie property, and we didn't. And going um, back to how physical the game is, so from a betting perspective, I look at as as a professional handicapper. What I do is, if I'm going to target a, a situation in hockey, right, which is not which is not as regular as let's say college basketball or NFL or college football, et cetera. Um, I really, really am judicious about what picks I give out for NHL. Very judicious. I mean, I would say since the start of NHL this year to now, I would say I've maybe given out somewhere between 30 to 35 plays of hockey. Wow. That's very small. Yeah, heck yeah. Very small. So it's every couple of days when I look at the board, I'm looking for situations. Like I can tell you right now that Tampa Bay has lost three in a row. So I don't care who they play. Uh, tonight or tomorrow, I'm going to slam Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay Lightning, okay. because they lost yesterday six to zero, which was completely shocking to me, right? And then the day before, they just lost at home. Um, I forget who that was, but the, then the game before that, they lost at home to the Florida Panthers. So they lost to the Panthers. They lost another game at home. So they very rarely lose back to back at home. It's extremely rare for the Lightning. And then yesterday. They lose to the they got uh, cracked. Yeah, to the to the I think it was to the Hurricanes. Okay. Um, and so three in a row. So now I can tell you again, I don't care who they play. 
this next this next game or this next match. You're I will be, it. I will be all over Tampa Bay. I'll take them on the money line, and I'll also take them on the puck line with a plus one and a half. Yeah. I look for situations like that in hockey, right? So I'm transparent about – I'm really transparent about how I do this and what I look for. And when it comes to NHL picks, that's what I'm really looking for. Because of what you said, it can be challenging to handicap, right, because of all the different factors that you just said. And then again, with how physical it is, being on the road, when your body is that sore and you're putting it through that much, all that this team's the favorite and they're minus 300 and it, everyone thinks that, you it know. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Hockey yeah. hockey is so different because of that. Yeah. And so – I again, I'm, I use the plays very sparingly, and I look for for situations. And somebody hearing this might go, "Yeah, that makes complete sense. No kidding, right?" And um, but remember, the again, I go off of the average guy sitting at home, or the average better, I should say, that's just sitting at home, who's just looking at the board and wants to scratch that itch, so to speak, yeah. of placing a wager. You got to be careful with that. You know, don't you can't. I like what I see all the time online is, oh, I you know, they, I put these three favorite. Um, these three NHL favorite plays together in a parlay, this is going to hit. Minus 200, minus 300, minus 150. Yeah. They all lose, right? Yeah. Because it's so unpredictable. I So for me, in terms of hockey betting, if I do bet, I really only bet my division. Yeah. Because I know each of those teams' DNA. I know every player on those teams. You know what I mean? And the so division I'm, that you follow. Yeah, yeah cuz yeah. I'm a Caps fan. Yeah. So, you know, so I know what the Pittsburgh the P- Pittsburgh Steelers, what the Pittsburgh Penguins Penguins yeah. are going to do. I know what the New York Rangers look like. Yeah. I know what the Devils look like. I know what the Carolina Hurricanes look like. Like I know my division. Yeah. So I can bet them confidently and comfortably because I'm like they're going to kill that team. You know what I mean? Or yeah. that's going to be a tougher game. Leave that alone. Like you know I just I mean? remembered something. Okay. Because this stuff bothers me when I can't remember. Okay. Tampa Bay lost to the Sabres. Oh, no. And they were minus, listen, they were minus 165. <laughs> Again, $1.65. So for everybody who's going to be listening, watching this later, yeah. when I say that term, minus 165, costs $1.65 to make a dollar. Or it costs $165 to make $100. So that's not for you guys. That's for everybody listening, right? Who's like, what is he talking about? But um, but yeah, they lost to, lost to the Panthers. Okay, that's kind of expected. That's, Pan- that's Panthers are a Stanley Cup caliber type of team to make a run. Interstate rival. Right, it's well. an interstate rival, but they had... Tampa Bay, right? So right after the NHL All-Star game, Tampa Bay stayed in South Florida and they played the Panthers. They got blown out. They lost like five to one or six to one, something like that. Then it was only a few weeks later that the Florida Panthers come up to Tampa, which is just a few days ago. I think it was on Thursday or Friday. Um, And boom, they end up blowing out Tampa again in Tampa Bay. Then they turn around and they lose to, uh, like I said, they lose to the Panthers, they lose to the Sabres, and then yesterday they lost 6-0 to to, uh, to the Hurricanes, I believe. And so I'm telling you right now, whoever Tampa Bay plays next, that again. <laughs> they now, got it coming. <laughs> yes, so gamble responsibly. But um, but that, that, would be, uh, that would be a situation that I would definitely hammer. I love it. I love it. Well, to close this out, I want to definitely talk about baseball. I want to talk about uh, the major leagues. Uh, spring training is here. Who are you most excited to see this year? And, and do you have a baseball team? I, I, Devil Rays. Well, I say Devil Rays, but Tampa Bay Rays. I That's always right. call them the Devil no, Rays. No, you're still but, the Devil Rays. Yeah. Okay, so so this is for everybody. Um, you know, who, who are you most excited to see this year uh, in the league? And then who are you most excited to see from your team? Um, from my team, let's start with that Tampa Bay Rays. I want to see a healthy Kevin Kiermeyer. I think he is one of the best baseball players, all-around baseball players. His ability to not only hit, 
but he's been an all-star in, in terms of uh, him being a center fielder. So defensively, he, uh, he's outstanding. I mean, there, if you ever go watch a Kevin Kiermeyer highlight reel, I mean, this guy looks like Ken Griffey Jr., you know what I mean? <laughs> and in my, in my opinion, I mean, yeah. this guy is very talented. Um, he's obviously a great hitter, great fielder. He can steal a base whenever it's needed. He's just a great all-around player. He was hurt like 90% of last year, even okay. when the Rays went to the playoffs. I don't think – I think he came back for a short period but and then re-injured. Won, right. Yeah, he re-injured, um, he re-injured the, uh, the issue. And so he, he just pretty much we didn't have him last year. And I think had we had him – I think that that could have made a, a huge difference, especially that going to change, playoffs. That definitely changes a few games for sure. Of course, yeah. Starting yeah. center fielder being out. Yeah. Um, so that's who I'd like to see come back you know, healthy this year, have a big year, be an all-star again, and help the Tampa Bay Rays be um, be relevant. I mean, I think that they'll they'll win games. They'll be, they'll be relevant. I don't, I'm not sure. I'm not 100% if they'll be a playoff team this year or not. Um, who I'm most excited to see is I would love – to see the Toronto Blue Jays with all the stars that they have, all these young stars, uh, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., um, Craig Biggio's son, I yeah. forget his first name. Yeah, I always forget um, but Biggio's Biggio, son. Yeah, I just call him Biggio. <laughs> so, so Biggio, um, Bo Bichette, okay. right? I mean, you've got, you've got three guys who all come from this lineage of these professional – not just professional baseball players, but you like know, stars, Hall of Famers, yeah, yeah. you know, Hall of Famers and former All Stars. So they've got they've got some decent pitching, uh, maybe even better than decent. I, I think they made a big acquisition uh, in the off season. But I mean, all those stars on one team because they've been we've been talking about the Blue Jays the last couple seasons. You know, the first season they were all together on the same team was like, oh, this is a really cute looking team. This is really good. There, there's some potential, yeah. but. Just like any any other team in any other professional sports league, eventually potential has to come to fruition and start having real results. That's right. And so they have not made a deep playoff run yet since they've all been together. I do think that this is their year. I think I think that from a betting perspective, if you're if you're out there and you're looking for a futures bet, like if you wanted to get value. So remember, if I bet the Yankees right now, there's not going to be huge value because they're the Yankees. So I might see the Yankees right now. Like if we pull it up, Yankees are probably somewhere between seven and ten to one of winning the World Series, right? And it's yeah. half the part is because yes, they have a good roster, but it's also because they're the Yankees. It's the same thing with the Cowboys. Cowboys are the most bet team in the NFL, and it doesn't matter whether how good they are or how average they are, they're always going to be a heavily bet team. And because there's more eyes on the Cowboys, therefore it affects their odds. So same thing with the Yankees. So if I'm looking for value this year, and if I want to pick who's going to world the who's going to win the World Series, excuse me, or maybe the American League, etc. I would take a good look at the Toronto Blue Jays because from top to bottom, if you look at their roster, they're pretty good. I like it. I like it. Ro, even, who, 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 who well, do you like? even in a division with the Houston Astros, the Yankees, the Red Sox, I, I don't know. The, I mean, nobody cares about the Orioles, but... Um, don't you besmirch the good Baltimore Orioles? They 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 surprised everybody last they year. They did. They got well high. with their little comeback towards the end. They yes, did get high. more okay. than little. It was more than little. They were, I mean. Again, talking about betting, they killed so many. I mean, the Orioles last year killed so many guys' bankrolls <laughs> because yeah, because mean, there's there's betters out there that are looking to fade certain teams. Yeah, constantly. Like, if whoever it is right. that they're betting, I'm, I'm going to so, bet against them. So, again, 
Yankees going to play the Orioles. Oh, okay, this will be one of those, you know, from 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 a square better standpoint. Oh, I'll just I'll just load up. This will be a great day to get back on track. I'll just load up with Yankees to beat them. Matter of fact, I'll take the run line minus one and a half. So now the Yankees got to win by two, and then the Orioles end up winning as a dog outright, <laughs> right? And so yeah. they did that so many times last year. I learned my lesson very early in the year, and I stayed away literally from almost every single Orioles game because they just kept winning and yeah. winning and winning, and even when they lost they would lose by one and yeah. again if you were trying to take the run line at minus one and a half you weren't making money you were getting killed yeah. so i learned my lesson very early and, and sometimes there's just teams like that again talking specifically about sports betting sometimes there's just teams out there that you have to stay away from don't think that fading the orioles is going to be easy and you could substitute that team with probably countless others and <laughs> countless other sports yeah that's right I'm I'm excited about seeing the Yankees with Rodon. I'm excited seeing Garrett Cole come off this last season with a strike record. I'm excited to see uh, more than anything else who wins the shortstop battle because right now, I mean, as of now, it's Glaber Torres. You keep Glaber in there. That's that's a former Cub. It, you don't you don't, but but he's not great at shortstop. I think this newbie Volpe is giving him a run for his money because I I don't even think. Uh, I'm not going to say that. I think the conversation is going to be between Glaber Cabrera and Volpe to see for the for the shortstop position. Um, I'm excited to see how Rodon does within our rotation uh, with Severino, with Cole, uh, with Nestor. I think it's going to be exciting. I don't think the pitch clock is going to affect them because the way the Yankees organization is, they're 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 taught to keep going, keep going, keep going. Um, I'm looking to see just for funsies what Aaron Judge does this year, uh, you know, because all eyes are on him and how many runs. I'm excited to see what the Mets do. Okay. I am really excited to see what the Mets do. I think that I like what Steve Cohen is doing. He knows what to do. He knows what positions to fill, and he's spending money. Uh, listen, I, I mean, I don't, I don't, I. I I don't dislike the Mets. I know a lot of Yankees fans are like, they are. Uh, I actually root for New York teams when they're underdogs, especially. So now, because I think it's good for the sport, just like when the Knicks do well, it's good for all the NBA. Yeah. I'm excited to see what the Mets do in a very big way. All right. Uh, for me, uh, for the Cubs, I'm excited to see Cody Bellinger, um, what he brings to the team. Uh I'm excited to see, you know, especially the first half of the season because, you know, Wrigley Field is there's two different Wrigleys. There's Wrigley before it gets warm when the the wind yeah. is blowing in and Wrigley when it warms up and um, you know, if he can get into May, June, you know, May, June and he's at 12 to 15 home runs, I'm excited to see what he does um throughout the rest of the season. Uh, for the rest of the league, I'm I'm excited to see Shohei Otani. I'm I'm excited to see what he does uh, this year. I think um, you know we'll, we can talk about it quickly after this, but I think that he possibly wins the Cy Young this year, um, even on a not great Angels team. Uh, I think that he puts together a good enough season to possibly get that done. So there's a lot of pressure him. on the Angels this year because if they don't make the playoffs, maybe even more than that, he's gone. Yeah, yeah, thousand percent. And you can't even be mad. Like if you're a fan of the Angels, and I'm I'm totally uh, you know I'm neutral on this, but just from a fan standpoint, if you're the Angels, you can't even be mad that the dude wants to leave if this season doesn't add up. Yeah, right. At all, you've you've wasted all of you know Mike Trout, and you've wasted Shohei Otani. Like yeah. 
I love Mike Trout. You've completely wasted two of the greatest I like you know, Trout players too. of their generation. I want to see him healthy. Yeah. You like, know? Yeah. Let's no. see what a healthy Mike Trout can do because you talk about damage, he'll bring it. I mean, I, I just, I can't, I don't know why I love, I do know why I love him. I love his, I love, I love his grit. He reminds me of old baseball players. He reminds me of Pete Rose a lot. Um, and his, just his like willingness to go in and, and really swing and just, he just, his energy is tough football. Oh, I'm sorry, tough baseball. And I love it. Like, yeah. Yeah. And his skill set is ridiculous. A, a thousand percent. Do you, do you guys see anybody taking a run at uh, the record books this year? You know, with Aaron? I do. Aaron I Judge? do. I, I think Aaron, I, I think Aaron Judge, um, will, be, I, I think he wants to see if he can do it again. Sure. However, it's kind of the kiss of death because you you hit you broke such a monumental record. I mean, as a Yankee, that is unbelievable, um, and I don't think it's realistic to expect him to do so. But I think he's going to want it for himself. But I, more than anything, the Yankees need to concentrate on on winning the World Series and getting to the World Series. We the way that we were swept by the Astros last year, first first round. I mean, if we had DJ LeMay, which is a big part, uh, he needs to be healthy because without him, we saw what happened. But we, I don't care about any records right now. I need us to get to the World Series and win. Winning record, that's the most important part, right? Uh, what about you? Do you see any records possibly uh, being challenged this year? Um, I'm with Ro. I think that just seeing Judge and he seeing and hearing him and kind of having an idea of his personality and his competitiveness I will almost guarantee he's not going to say it on TV. There's no way he says it because he's not going to want to set himself up for failure. Sure, sure. I guarantee you internally he's thinking, I'm going to outdo what I did last year because he's replaying in his head so many times where he feels like, I probably could have got one there. I mm. probably, you know what, that game against this team, I I think I could have done better. I think, I, you know what I mean? So he's probably replaying a lot in his head. Again, he he broke the record. Right, and he goes down in baseball. You know, he's 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 already a great player, so now he's a legend within the game that will still play for many more years to come. But these guys, professional athletes, are competitive like no other, and there's nothing like beating yourself yeah. because that's what it comes down to: is can you be better than you? You know what I mean? So I really do think that he's gonna. I agree with her wholeheartedly. I think he's going to go after it um, to break his own record, if you will. Yeah. And um, and I think that he's not gonna say it out loud. I think they're gonna try. They're gonna set him up. The media will set him up a few times to see if he'll say it every week. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know. And and as he continues to hit home runs, it'll get bigger and bigger, and it'll be almost like part two of last year. Yeah. Um, I'd love to see Stanton in that mix. Uh, and and you know what? Or I, Rizzo, right? Or, or well, Rizzo. I don't and, know if I don't think Rizzo. I don't think Rizzo is realistically. I don't think it's realistic to think that he. Why would, he was he was well, next up from from well, Judge last the, year? The only reason I say this, and this is as a former, well, not a former, but as a Cub fan, um, his back, his back won't allow Anthony. Anthony, every year from here on out, he's going to take at least twenty to thirty games off. Just because his back won't allow him yeah. to play every day. Yeah, you that's, know what I mean? a, fair, that's so, a fair point. So, so for Ant to give you forty home runs, shoot, you take that. Well, that's right. Well, and then you look at his time with with the Cubs, and they, again, injuries were were a factor. Yeah. But he was a little after the World Series when they won. 
he was very inconsistent after that. Yeah. He really wasn't like it wasn't like there was all these huge Anthony Rizzo highlight reels of how great he was after that. He was phenomenal in those seasons that led up to the World Series. He was phenomenal that season in, yeah. uh, in terms of them winning the World Series. But he, I think he fell off. I know he had a great year with the Yankees this past year. I don't think it's realistic to think that he'll even repeat that. I like the guy. I think he's one of the great I, guys in baseball. He, there's something about him. He just seems so he, genuine. He's, he's a great. He's a great yeah. dude. He's also man. from Florida, I think. I think he's originally yeah. from Florida. Yeah. So yeah. He, he seems very genuine. I, I love the athletes, the pro athletes, who, who are genuine. I, it means a lot. Um, like... I saw a highlight once of I don't know if you guys ever saw the highlight of um, the the young kid who was waiting in the room for Lamar Jackson and when Lamar Jackson oh, I did see walked that. in, um, you know Lamar's like hey buddy how's it going and the kid ran up to him and he just hugged him and he's crying, and Lamar is just so genuine in that moment. I mean it's giving me goosebumps talking about it. He's just he's and so he he embraces the kid, and he tells the kid he goes oh don't cry you know it's it's okay buddy you know. Any other megastar, because he's a megastar, yeah. might have been uncomfortable or awkward in that moment where the camera could have caught a little bit of that awkwardness. Like, oh, I don't even know what to do. This kid's crying. <laughs> Lamar embraces him. Yeah. You know what I mean? And yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't want to get all mushy gushy here at, at the end. But it really was it when I hear that when I when I use the term genuine, that's what I think about, and that made an impact on me. My respect level for Lamar went so high, and if you ever notice him in his interviews, he's always like, "Yes, ma'am," and "Yes, sir," and yeah, just so, just is, so, yeah, genuine and down to earth. But that scene where that kid's crying, matter of fact, and then I'll be quiet. He actually wipes the kid's tear off of his cheek Aww. because he's like, "Oh, don't," you know? What I mean, it's just it is something else. So I really like genuine the athletes who are genuine and have a heart and just are down to earth and with in touch with reality, like A Rod. Stop. Stop. And then and then she goes to the complete. I'm just kidding. I, I actually antithesis. can't. She wanted to mix it up before we were done. I actually can't stomach it, Rod. My God. Oh, oh my goodness. All right. So I, I think Aaron Judge is going to hit 65 home runs this year. So this actually that actually leads into uh, how we're going to close the show. Quickly, wrote, um, give me your Cy Young for both National League and um, and uh, American League. Uh, oh, okay. So for I have Otani and I've got Rodon. Okay. All right. All right. Um, and then what about you? I definitely like Otani. Um, I think it's going to be his time. Um, I think um, she kind of stole what I was going to go Rodone, but because um, I think he's, I think he's going to have a monster year. I think that being part of the Yankees and being in that culture, you know, when you're around a successful culture, it tends to breed success. Um, I, now I kind of want to take like a long shot to to maybe be a Cy Young winger, maybe Snell. Okay. Um, yeah, maybe Snell. Could we get maybe maybe Blake that's, Snell? Yeah, that's that's solid. I, so for me, I'm uh, so I guess Shohei is getting a lot of love today. Uh, I'm going with Shohei Otani, and then also um, I'm going all Japanese. So you Darvish with the Padres. You know what? Good one. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, good one. That's because uh, I, I think the Padres are going to. They're they're if they had now that they're having a full year with yeah, like all those point. guys together. I like that. I think yeah. the Padres could be dangerous this year. I like um, that. For MVP, who do you have? For both leagues, Aaron Judge. Okay, yeah. And Shohei Otani. Okay, okay, all right. Well, for for the for the uh, for the National League though. Um. Francisco Lindor. Okay. All right, that's not bad. That's not bad. Uh, what, what, what about you, Fox? Is Tatis back this year? Ah. 
Is Tatis, is he yes. back or did his suspension overlap? Oh, oh. oh. No, 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 he's no, not back. He's not back. <laughs> Good call. So his, okay, so he's not going to be in the mix. No. No, I don't think he is. You guys didn't like that one? No, that was pretty good. That was great. I completely we forgot. I completely right? Forgot. Hey, yeah. because if he was, it, would you agree? If oh, he was in National percent. League, maybe National League MVP, possibly. Yeah, yeah. All right. Okay. Yeah, that's why it's like. So I'll stick. I'll stick with. I'll stick with Padres. I want to go with a little bit of a long shot. Okay. Why not Manny Machado? Okay. Why not? I, re- I really like Fox. Fox is National funny. League, Manny yep. Machado, Padres. Padres are going to be in the mix. They're yep. going to be a playoff team. Yep. Yep. You know what I mean? Now, and to my point, I do believe that Tatis does come back at some point in yes, the season yes, to make the yes. Padres that much better. Yes. Um, and then American League, I, I think American League, I'll, I'll also go with, let's go Altuve. Okay. Let's go Altuve just to get two long shots on get the out, Get out. Fox, <laughs> any, any, get out. Anything Astros. I can't say another Yankee because it, it, she already said a Yankee. Altuve? So why any, not? Anything Astros, she can't She can't tolerate it. Why not? Uh, <laughs> well, because, listen, again, from a betting standpoint. Yeah. I, no, I, it's awful. I need to provide. <laughs> are you ready for this? I got to provide value. Yes, yes. Okay. So who can I look at that's, would you, would you agree that's that a he's a top pick. 10 candidate? Yeah, that's a value pick, though. Too. Yeah, so it's a value sure. pick. That's definitely same, a value pick. Same with Machado. If you go down the roster, if you were looking at the odds right now and you looked at Machado, I mean, and I and I have it. I don't know. I guarantee Machado's, what, 25 to 1, 30 easy, to 1? Easy, or more, right? Truthfully. No, that's fair. Well, really quick, I want to ask Fox, how do you feel about the new rules in baseball? Love it. Oh my god. Oh, Love it. We're not even gonna get there because we gotta end the show. Uh for me for me, I'm gonna go well obviously I said Aaron Judge is gonna hit sixty five home runs, so Aaron Judge is my MVP in the American League. And then just like you, I, I kept it on the Padres and I'm gonna go with Juan Soto. What about a dark horse? Don't leave me out on the limb. I'm I gave a couple of dark horse dark candidates. Horse. Um because that's where that's see, dark horse is what that's what they want to hear about. Well, well, dark horse, I'm gonna say my Cubs are gonna win ninety five games. What? I'm ninety five. I'm drunk. I'm drunk. And if that happens, the bad news bears. Who are they playing? (laughs) Well, my division. My division. If you really look at the division, the division's not good. Ninety five games. Well, well, hold on. Okay, the Cardinals. The Cardinals. Yeah, all right. Um, but the uh, the Brewers. The Brewers have kind of started to cut into that team a little bit, so they're not that great. And then you know the Pirates, trash for the most part. And then the Reds trash for the most part so you really think about it it's possible we did spend a little money freaking finally but you know it's 95 is a big number if that happens as a dark horse i would say cody bellinger i was gonna yeah, say that's kershaw. a good one as a, as a dark horse kershaw kershaw has i'm not even gonna say it he has Ooh. no chance Ooh. Dark he horse. is so past his prime dark horse wow you think you but you don't you don't think you don't think uh, kershaw give him 20 wins are you watching the same same Kershaw as I am. I, I haven't he was watched past it. his prime two seasons ago. That Ooh. no, that's fair. That's fair. That's fair. He's he, done. He, he gets done. hurt. He gets hurt. I didn't much. even think he'd play this year. Yeah, I think can he's talk, done. Can we talk about how funny it is that Korea ended up back in Minnesota? <laughs> I my theory is that he has some scorching STD because they won't disclose what this what this medical condition is. He, he's got hurt. No, no, no. He's got something. No, no, no. I'm I am willing to because if you think about it, let's let's do deductive reasoning. If it was anything, it behooves him and the organization to, to squash say it. to squash it. And nobody has talked about what this medical reason is. I think it's some crazy Dominican STD. <laughs> is, it, a, is this a bit? 
No, no, no. She's dead serious. Now, listen. Hey, not I hit her with this is a bit. Seinfeld. Is this a bit? <laughs> By the way, I, did, I, I never got a chance to say it, so I'm saying it now. Okay. I'm the biggest Seinfeld fan. You oh, there's my guy. All right. All right. All right. We're, we're, I'm, I'm going to find a way. I'll find a way. It's unwatchable for me. I don't know how because when pe when whenever anybody is like so, so anti. I try over like I did with Game of Thrones. I've tried. The, yeah. I like The Wire. I, I want to like The Wire so much and I, I, I can't. I gift because I want to get into it. It's it's anxiety over nothing. It's it's white people having anxiety over nothing. <laughs> it's like the bus driver didn't wave to me today, and so I'm not. And now I'm gonna obsess over it. I'm gonna call all my friends to obsess over it too, and I'm gonna bog down my nervous system because of it. No, I. Just... Well, I'm. I, I will say this. I'm with you. I have never. I'm gonna spout out a few things I've never watched. Never watched Game of Thrones. Yeah. I got one for you that because we're all probably close to the same age bracket, right? I have never once seen not even one episode of Entourage. Okay, that's fair. Oh, that's I ne so I there's certain shows. Either. There's yeah. certain shows that, and you know how there's Entourage people out there. Oh, you gotta see right. So I've never seen Entourage. Yeah. I've never seen like Ballers. I've never seen oh, Game Ballers. Of never Thrones. Seen Ballers? Ballers was good. Ballers I, I, actually was not, quite I'm not, a, I'm, not a, good. I'm not a Dwayne Johnson guy. Okay. Oh. Can't stand him. Oh, I love oh. him. Can't, I oh, can't, can't even stomach him. Oh, you can't stand it's him. It's so fake. Everything is oh. so fake. He's in too many things. He's overexposed himself. He's in too many things. I can't even take him seriously. Well, he, well, well, I'll say he's this. Successful. is uh, uh, But I'll say this about Ballers. That was kind of the beginning of him being in a lot of stuff. And that True. one, I'll that give you one, that. Yeah, that one, it was, it was a good show, like in terms of, especially the first two seasons. The yeah. first two seasons were great. The last two seasons... Oh, like, we're, we're awful. He, well, I won't say it was awful, but oh. he went, I'll just give you a quick rundown. He went from literally being like a CPA to an NFL owner in like the span of four years. Yeah. <laughs> so that Basically. was still to me so was like, a, all right, now. What's, a, what's another show that we can come up Sopranos. with? Sopranos. Tell me you watch Sopranos. Look at me. Okay, good. Hey, hey. I never really got into it too much. Look I, at look at me! You don't the, think I watched Soprano? Are you kidding me? I, I, I was I figured, but I but you're that's from true. Florida. I don't know. Well, the the only reason I didn't really get into Sopranos was because it came out when I was in college and I did not have HBO, so I like so I missed a lot of it. And then by the time it like you got could rolling, stream it. True, well, no, truth, but this was back when you know what I mean like I you know truth, I truth be watch told, it truth be told, out. my Sopranos experience was. Um, I intermittently watched it because I'm with you. Like back when it was on HBO or show. It yeah, was HBO, it was HBO, right? HBO. right. That was back in the day before all the streaming stuff. And so it was like, if you caught it, you caught it. Yes. And then if you were lucky enough to maybe catch a rerun during the week because it aired again. And so to watch them consecutively, I did not do until recently. Only recently, two years ago, I sat down, watched it from start to front. And to how amazing is it? Oh, it's so good. I mean, I'm I'm a huge I'm a huge fan of sh of that of Sopranos and others that are that are. Did like you that. watch? Okay, this is real. I love talking about this. Did you watch uh, Mad Men? No. Did you watch Breaking Bad? Yes, I didn't watch Breaking Bad until ten years after. Me neither. I didn't watch it. I, I binge watched it on Netflix and then and and it ended up. I go, wow. No, the ending ruined the whole. I got something better for you though. Did you, and this better be a yes. Did you watch Better Call Saul? All four or five ep all four or five seasons. No. Then you are missing out. Let me tell you, <laughs> because that guy, which by the way used to write for Saturday Night Live, I forget his name. Um, that gentleman who is the star of Better Call Saul, yeah, the, the watched, lawyer from Breaking Bad. I watched Bad. a few episodes. If I just, you liked Breaking Bad, there's no way that you won't like Better Call Saul. I'll, I'll, I'll give it another shot. Because it's the origin of how he became who he yeah, was. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's very good. Mm. Well, 
be that as it may, I, I'll take this moment to go ahead and bring, bring us to a close because we could talk about TV shows all night. Um, thank you guys so much again for watching. For Max Taylor, thank you so much Fox. again for Fox. Max. Ma Max, where the heck did Max come from? Fox Taylor. Thank Take, you. Fox takes it to the max. <laughs> there you go. You're gonna, nice save. You're going to start maxing it out as yeah. far as all these yeah. guys. Absolutely. What, I think that's where I triggered that in my mind. And from, of course, the front row, I just want to thank you guys again for everything and continuing to watch us. And uh, and for Georgie in the back. Who, Shout out. Who, who wasn't a part of this one as much. Oh, no. um, thank you guys. And uh, yes. <laughs> make sure you like, share, and subscribe. And uh, make sure you uh, max, max again. <laughs> Fox. Wow. Fox, go ahead and give them, uh, give, give them all your information. Yeah, so for everybody listening and watching, um, you can go to thekingofodds.com, but the easiest way to get a hold of me, to literally talk to me, I answer every single DM that I get on Instagram. Instagram's the fastest way and the best way to get a hold of me. You can see all my uh, content. I post content every single day. You'll see different results from the, from the games that I send out. And I'm one of the most transparent cappers in the game. I don't even like the term handicappers. I like to say sports consultant, right? But I, I literally send out every single thing that I say and do. So if I say I went four and one, you'll literally see everything that I said come to fruition on my website and on my Instagram. So everything is 100% transparent. I look forward to hearing from you guys out there. Thank Absolutely. You. Thank, thank you. Thank you so much for being on. My pleasure. Thank you, Fox. Yeah, thank you. I won't call you Max again. Oh, good. Thanks for having me on, guys. <laughs> Take care.